Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the C3 Friday Free For All, where you get to come in and make this show about you and your opinions about the Carolina Panthers, man. If you want to join the show, the link to join the stream yard is in the description of the YouTube video and the Facebook video. Um, so, yeah, man, if you want to come in and hang out and talk Carolina Panthers, this is your opportunity to do so. As always, I'm joined by some faithful, my faithful brethren of the Friday Free For All, my man Drew, what's going on, Drew? What's going on, Cody? Ready for another night of the Friday free for all? Oh boy, and we have a good one tonight, man. We have a bunch to talk about. A lot going on in Panther Nation involving our coaches, our players, our offensive line. So much to get to tonight. But as always, you know him, you love him. He's been here every Friday free for all. Yeah, he looks like he's in a cam girl chat room, but we love him anyway. It's Nick Montiero. Nick, what's up, brother? What's up, Cody? I'm finally back at home, but I have to hide out because there's a party going on. So, but ah, I could. So you're the party this. pooper tonight. I, I am. I am. But you know what? I'll be the Friday free for all party pooper. How does that sound? Yeah, I like that. I like that. And uh, you know, he's not. He's not on camera, but he's with us in wolf spirit. With that fire-ass avatar, it's my man, Justin. Justin, what's going on, bro? You, not much, man. Just ready to, to talk some Carolina Panther football with you guys. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Listen, as always, if you have not done so already, hit the like button. Um, hit the notification bell to get an update every single time we go live. And hit the subscribe button, man. Uh, that's how you help this show grow. And to get in front of eyes of, of more and more people. We definitely appreciate you, man. we got some of the best ones in the chat. You already know them and love them. Sideshow Rob, The Factor One, Underground West, The Real Zero Chill, Mossman789. Fellas, ain't nothing to it but to do it. Let's roll. What we have to talk about today is something that we basically uh, 
been talking about this entire season. But apparently, um, something has happened which has caused our coach to change his mind about offensive line formation. Matt Rule says he is ready to start Brady Christensen at left tackle if Cam Irving, questionable, can't go. And what I'm wondering is this, like, what is everyone's uh, opinion? Why is this just happening now? Why is it now that Brady Christensen is only just now starting to get reps and a real consideration to play left tackle? Are they just at their wits end? They don't know what else to do? Drew, we'll start with you, man. They're stubborn. That's what it is. Stubborn and st- I want to. I hate to say it, but stupid. You draft oh, a guy who spent his entire career at a left tackle, and you bring him in and say, "Oh, he's our starting. He's going to be our right tackle." When you just sign your right tackle to a long-term extension, makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, it really. And also, the the question that I have is, why didn't the Panthers do this? against Philadelphia when Cam Irving couldn't go then. Like, is there some better edge rusher that the Eagles have that you're afraid of and you just didn't want him to go up against? This makes absolutely no sense to me. But it's like, what am I supposed to do? Sit here and complain? Because, I mean, we've been asking for this to happen all year, man. And I think what we're all hoping uh, is that Brady Christensen is able to go in and be our left tackle of the future, man. That I, I've said before the season started, that would be a dream scenario if the Panthers drafted their franchise left tackle in the third round this year. Man, that would be a dream come true. And I'm just, I'm so uh, puzzled as to why it's just happening now, Nick. It just doesn't. It makes it makes no sense to me. I mean, it. it... You know, we've been telling them for years to address the O-line. Cody, you started the build the wall movement, okay? And I've been right there behind you every step of the way. You know, I feel like an, a solid offense can't run without a solid O-line. And the fact that we didn't address it until the third round of the draft was a major issue. You know, don't get me wrong. I love Terrence Marshall Jr., but I wish that we had drafted someone in the second round. You know, don't get me wrong. Brady Christensen might play out to be a great player, but we don't know what he's going to be yet. And the fact that we're this far into the season, especially with who we've played, we should have played Brady Christensen at left tackle throughout the preseason and against the Jets. You know, we have gone from having one of the easiest schedules in the NFL to now having arguably the most difficult. And this is now we're going to start doing this. I don't know what the deal is with this coaching staff, but I'm not necessarily liking a lot of the moves that they've made, especially on offense. I feel like a lot of the things that they say and a lot of the things that they do, especially here recently and with the performances that we've had, yeah, there's not a lot to inspire confidence in these coaches right now. Uh, And again, Matt Rule in training camp said they viewed the rookie as a right tackle or even a guard. Again, mainly because of his length and how they prefer longer arms and length at the left side. Um, Again, man, this is one of those things where it's like, if you're going to do nothing but crunch numbers and look at data and analytics on how often guys with a certain 
uh, length of arm end up panning out as a left tackle, fine, do that. But you're not talking football anymore. I mean, you're talking averages and numbers. You're not talking about looking at a player's film and determining what they can and can't do based on that film alone. And they viewed him as a second-round guard, even though they hardly ever saw him play that position at BYU. Justin, help help this make sense to me, man. Because as of right now, it, it just doesn't. Bro, I'm 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 honestly trying to I'm trying to come up with some positive way to flip it, and I can't. Like I you said it, others have said it, I've been saying it, listening to you guys and watching the game. The yeah. dude played left tackle his entire college career. And yeah. As you said, they, they viewed him as a second round. His talent was second round guard, third round left tackle. But the, our starting left guard gets injured, and you didn't put him in. Like, none of this is truly making sense. And if he goes out, if, if, if Christensen goes out there at the left tackle position and he holds it down, it's – it's, it's going to be dope because it's like, yeah, we all right, we got a left tackle moving forward. At the same time, it's like, it's just for me, it's going to raise even more questions about Blastoise. Like, should he have been in guard? Yeah. Like, they, what, Jordan, my, the, the guard that they brought in, Michael Jordan was with the team for what, a week, two weeks, and he was able to get playing time, but you wouldn't give Brown any. Like, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a positive way of spinning it, but nah, man, it just it ain't it ain't make it as, as, as um I I followed out and forgot your damn name that quick, but you you said it it they they're just being stubborn. Uh, true. <laughs> you said it. Shit ain't making sense, man. They just being stubborn. They're being very stubborn, man. And then it's like, how much egg do they have on their face if he ends up looking good? And you've had this guy the whole time. And and you're sitting him on the bench for Cam Irving. Dude, I, I'm telling you, man, as time goes on, I, I feel like this season is the first season. And not just because we're losing. Obviously, that's the main part of it. But I feel like now we're starting to get a good feel of um, Matt Rule and, and who he is as a coach. And I, I just think there's a lot of shit that he has yet to learn and he's kind of learning it on the fly the hard way i mean i don't know if it's the difference in managing a college football roster to a professional football roster i don't know man but i just it 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 makes zero sense to me but again we're all pulling for the dude like if brady christensen ends up being a badass left tackle then it's like yeah dude us fans were correct. It's something that should have happened a long time ago, and he should have been given a point to prove that he couldn't play left tackle before they just decided that that it's something that he can't do. It's so if, dumb to me. If, if I may, I, I want like as as you were talking, I was thinking, um, because they had no problem starting rookies last year and this year on the defensive side of the ball, and it leads right. me to believe that the, the Coordinators have something to do with it. I, I, I feel that because Snow is older and more experienced, he knows what he's doing for the most part, even though he's a rookie uh, NFL DC. 
I feel that Snow was essentially telling Rule, like, no, these are the guys. Like, if, if Rule wanted to start someone else, Snow was like, no, this guy, he's going to do well. We're going we're gonna to go forward with this guy, that guy. Whereas Brady, where we've all called Brady out for his play calling, I think it also plays a factor into his – it also plays a factor into his uh, – the personnel. If Brady knew yeah. what he was doing, it's a possibility that he would have had the rookies out there already. But I'm just speculating, saying all that. Yeah, and then inevitably, man, whenever we talk about this, we get the people that come in here and they're like, oh, well, we don't see him at practice every day. So our coaches know something that we don't. And yeah, like, of course, that might be a possibility. But why Why would I believe that, though? It, it, it runs, it, you know, uh, parallel to everything that I've known about this coaching staff is that they're going to mismanage the offensive line and it, they were going to find themselves in positions just like this, where they were going to be forced to do this anyway. I mean, how long have we been saying that this should have been something that we were doing before training camp? Like they viewed Christensen as a right tackle. So I'm like, well, fine. If you view him as a right tackle, then put him there. So we can start to play and then move Taylor to the left side. But now it makes even that seem counterproductive if if now you don't even adhere to this arm length bullshit enough that now you're going to play Brady Christensen on the left side. It's just, it's like speaking out of both sides of their mouth, man. I don't, hey, shout out to Sideshow Rob. Counterintuitive. It seems very counterintuitive. And I, I've been saying that, uh, for a while now, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, logically speaking, and, and I've said it before, if you have a guy that played a specific position uh, for the majority of his college career, especially being that this, he's a rookie, uh, you want to you want to put guys in positions to succeed. You never want to ask someone to do something that they're uncomfortable with doing or something like. Uh, right. Uh, a cornerback, for instance, they might be an exceptional man coverage corner, but they struggle in zone. Well, logically yeah. speaking, what do you – all right, perfect what you're good at, and while you're perfecting what you're good at, work on what you struggle with so that you can become an all-around all great player. Them saying yeah. that – like Christensen played left tackle his entire career, but they wanted to put him at right tackle, as you were stating. If that's what you wanted to do – then this should have been done much earlier. But logic for me, logically, it would have been, all right, you're a left tackle in college. Let's see what you got as a left tackle in the NFL. Sure. And go on from there. Like, best case scenario is you got a guy who can play both sides very well. Like, Moten goes down, and you can throw Christensen over there and bring in another guy who can hold it down. But off rip, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to be it, – it, it could have been him – and, again, I'm trying to spin it in a positive light. It could have been Rule trying to, like – I give you some eye candy, like, yeah, I'm going to say this, but this is actually what I'm doing. But at the same it seems like what he was saying was exactly what he was trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking at this entire offensive line situation and just see how it's been so mismanaged. Um, dude, look, let me, let me welcome in some more people to the Friday Free For All. One, let me welcome back Nick. Nick, you with us? All right, we'll go back to Nick. Nick will be with us in a minute. I know he'll be here in a sec. 
this man is a fan of the South Carolina Gamecocks, and that's all that needs to be said. It's Kevin Boshoven. What's, what's up, brother? What what's up, what up? Up? Not much. Lost track of time. Forgot. Hey, you better not fucking make fun of me too bad if Pitt destroys Clemson tomorrow, okay? I don't no, want to hear shit. I'm going to make a hell of fun of you. Bro, we play Texas A&M tomorrow. I don't think we have any room to speak. Oh, we're yeah, 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 y'all Listen. for sure losing. To we have them, already man. doubled our win total last year. I'm happy. All right, and but also <laughs> joining us, Panther Rule Kenneth. Hey, what's up, boy. brother? I'm doing good. I'm I'm glad to hear that Brady Christian is going to get his shot. Uh, you know, I, I wonder. I've I've been listening to your conversation a little bit. And I wonder, yep. and and you know, it's it's just a guess. Do you think maybe that the coaching staff and the short arms excuse? And yeah, I said it was an excuse. It the is. short arms excuse isn't believed by everybody in the building. You know, I wonder if mm. finally someone's pushed the coaches, maybe rule, maybe not rule, maybe somebody like Tepper. GM, Tep or, some, or somebody's pushed them to say, to give the guy a shot. Maybe, uh, and maybe, maybe it's. I, I've heard that it's Scott Fitter who, who don't believe in the short arms, but I can't see that the GM has that much control over whether a player plays a certain position or not. Yeah, if I'm the head coach, I'm telling my GM to shut his mouth. I like if I, if I have a guy on the football team and I feel like he can help out right now at, at left tackle, then, right. yeah, I'm not passing on that guy. Right. And I think a lot of it, too, is going back to – Matt Rule and his philosophy of wanting versatile uh, position players. Like yeah. Guys that can play more than one position. Right. And I, I feel like uh, he just feels like if you draft a good enough athlete, yeah. you would just be able to plug them and play them. But, right. And, to, and to, to some degree in the modern NFL, it definitely does benefit a yeah, player. It's a plus if they can do the that. But Yeah, if you have the ability – to be versatile yeah. and play another position, yeah, yeah, that's great. But it also isn't necessarily true for everyone. No and, no, and and again, especially being that this has been Brady Christensen's natural position, uh, it, it it needs the they needed the opportunity to make it happen. And I, I'll tell you this, Kenneth, if it did take someone like David Tepper stepping in to make this happen. Dude, yep. that's another slight against the yep. decision making of these coaches, right? Now. Right, right. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent for a rule. I, I'm really not. I, and and if I had to grade it good to bad, I would say I've seen more negative marks for rule than positive, especially um, this season, and especially yes, uh, especially recently. And by the right. way, it's not, it's not like you could blame us for a recency bias. I mean, right. this team has lost to two of. Uh, to two football teams that couldn't get it together, yet they were able to do everything well against us. Dude, it's just insane, man. Right. Um, I think right. he's over his head. Like the pressure's getting to him. Because I, he needs to I don't know. The win. Uh, it was a dumpster fire. It was a dumpster fire I, at Baylor. I, honestly, I, I can see that because if you look, if you look and see, if you look at the the, the rules reactions this week, you look at his statements this week. It, it seems like he seems like he's aware that the pressure's on. Somewhere yeah. the pressure's yeah. on. Maybe not job pressure. Maybe may, maybe for right now power pressure. Maybe Tepper's like, listen, if you can't get it done, 
then if you can't handle being in total control of the roster, maybe maybe we need to let Scott do a little bit more. You know, some pressure like that. I mean, I'm not impressed with the – and I'm honestly, no offense against Scott Fitterer, but I'm not impressed with his – and granted, it's his first year, so I try not to be too judgmental. But I'm not impressed sure. with his, his ability or his, his uh, issue right now. There's a guard Kansas City paid a lot of money for. Fresh from the Patriots. Granted, he was out last year. Former Pro Bowl guard. Looks real good. Uh, would fit real good here. He was sitting there on the first day of free agency, and Scott went with, with Elfline instead of this dude. Uh, I can't remember this dude's name right now. Thunder or Thunder or something. I used to get him off. Yeah, and by the and by the way, when yeah. you listen to Matt Rule and Scott yeah. Fitterer talk about Cam Irving and Pat Elfling, they'll basically outright just admit that yeah, we had some holes on the team, and yeah. and we needed to fill those holes, and and they they even said yeah, we know that Cam Irving and Pat Elfling had some injuries, but we think that they can turn it around and that they have the talent to do it here in Carolina. By the way, two of the most important positions. On your football team, left tackle and left guard, and right. you're just gonna get it to any old who's my fucking right, right. like it makes no sense right. to me, bro. And, um, I, I wanted I wanted to um go, go yeah. ahead, Drew. I was just saying that was a crock of crap because that just, it, it, it was they didn't want to spend the money. They didn't want to spend the money for somebody like Joe. Exactly. True, true. And real quick shout out to 89 J Stubbs. Uh look at Penny Sewell. He struggled at right tackle. And that's true, man. Again, some people right. are better at one position than another, man. And I think, uh, you know, if if they show practice and, and if they show patience and they're able to really make a presence known at a certain specific position, yeah, then you should let them play that position. It's very simple. Um, I want to move on to this. I told this to Nick and Drew before the show, and, and I'm saving it until now. Joe Brady was at the microphone and Joe Brady was asked about the LSU job. And I'm not going to say anything. I'll let you all hear Joe Brady respond. And, uh, and I'll let you tell me for yourselves what you think of Joe Brady's answer about whether or not he's willing to go to LSU. Yeah, no, I, I didn't really have any thoughts, you know, uh, fortunately for us, you know, uh, we just came off of a loss you know, when all that stuff came out. So that was the last you know, a lot more things on my mind. So I don't, I don't really have many thoughts with that. You know, I had a great experience, you know, my time in there, but I was way more concerned with our performance you know, this past Sunday and finding ways to, uh, to improve it this Sunday. Interest you, or do you want to stay on the NFL level? Or uh, all, the, all those things, you know, from a, from a coaching perspective or, or things that, you know, I don't really pay a lot of attention to. It's one of those things like after seasons, I think about those things. But right now, I got to do a better job of being the offense coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. And um, that's all I'm really concerned about right now. So, in case you missed it, after season, I think about those things. He said, after the season, I'll play it one more time. Things, but right now, I got to do a better job of being the offense coordinator for the Carolina right. Pay a lot of attention to. It's one of those things like after seasons, I think about those things. But right now, I got to do a better job of being the offense coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. And so let me tell you what that says to me. If the Panthers go three and fourteen, ask me that same question again, because I might have a different answer for you, bro. And listen, it goes back to all the criticisms that Panther Nation 
has been having about Joe Brady, about him just, you know, not being good in the third quarter, um, you know, coming out flat, not having a, a very innovative offense when you're minus McCaffrey. And then the first moment that he has an opportunity to shut down any rumors about him going back to LSU, instead he leaves the door wide open. Wide open. Like, yeah. dude. If he gets the job offer, he's going to take look. it. I mean, if he gets the offer, he's going to take it. It doesn't really surprise me. I, I, I don't think he gets the offer. I think they talk to him. If you, if you're, if you're going to hire a head coach for college, let's say college, you have to, you have to recruit people. You have to bring a staff in. In reality. Not being offensive, he wasn't even an offensive, really offensive coordinator there. No, nope. he was a passing game coordinator. Yeah, he was third, a wide third, he, he, he called yeah. third down wide receivers and it would call the red zone. Yeah, which is funny so, because that's been the biggest critique exactly. Of his. So, if you're looking for a head coach, why do you pick Joe Brady? Other oh, than the oh, fact the media said he was great. <laughs> Yeah, and by the way, like no one is a head coach from the booth or from the box. Does that does that make sense? Still, I always found it weird that his name was connected to head coaching jobs. But you're never a head coach from from the booth, like calling plays from up above the, the no. stadium. Like, it wouldn't you want to be on the sideline and yeah. and like be showing yourself to be like, yeah, I'm I'm head coach material. I can call plays here. With the guys on field level, and I thought it's it, more often it, like Byron Leftwich and the Eric B. Enemy. Yes, one hundred percent on the field calling plays. Or a better example is like Kyle Shanahan, Sean right. McVay, guys that are the head coach, but they're also calling the plays in that offense. You figured that that's what the NFL wants Joe Brady to be on the next level. Yeah. So what? Hey, man. Dress the part for the job you want, right? Right. So oh, it's he, like he doesn't want to be on his sideline because he don't want that smoke from the receivers. Oh, <laughs> uh, Robbie Anderson might come down on. Well, man. you know, to be honest, Robbie needs to catch the ball before he worries about smoking somebody. And that's <laughs> true too, man. Because when true you too. get the ball landed on you and you can't catch it, I mean, that I never seemed to be a Steve Smith problem. Our last Steve Smith five. dropped the ball. He always owned up to it. Our last five offensive coordinators felt like they've been in the booth. Yeah. I, 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 I can't remember the last time Joe, those offensive coordinator was on the sideline for us. Joe Brady actually came down from the booth in a couple – didn't he do it a couple games or a game last year? But he didn't stay down there. I'm curious to see if it's a rule once his guy's up there to see the field or, or if it's a choice matter. You know, I'm just real curious to see why he's up there. Is it his – is, if is like he, with him, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was gonna say my question is like with him being up in the booth, you would you would think that he, like I, I kind of I'm kind of getting annoyed with myself for repeating it, but you go back and watch that Vikings game. The Vikings were doing on offense what I've been saying Brady needs to do with Sam, um, this 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 entire season, like. To mitigate the pressure we would we would create or could create, it was a lot of three step, like three step drops, or they roll 
they roll Cousins out of the pocket. They stuck with the run. So play action was something that you had to, like, anytime they would go play action, it was something we had to be concerned about. For whatever reason, Brady seems to, I don't know if he's the same thing, stubborn, just being stubborn, like, no, I'm going to fix Sam by having Sam do all the things they were asking him to do in New York that he struggled to do. We're just going to keep at it until he gets better at it, as opposed to making the game easier for him. Cutting off a portion of the field so he doesn't have to read everything. Get yeah. him, getting him out of the pocket, knowing that your offensive line can't hold their blocks for very long. I, yeah. I'm, him sitting up in the booth, logic would dictate, why why aren't you doing these things? You, you, oh, I worry about that in the offseason. You should have been worried about how you could put your players in the best position to succeed. If he gets the head coaching offer, and I hope to God he takes it. And I'm going uh, Pepper and Fitterer, like, Rule, you need to get a fucking veteran OC. Matter of fact, I say a veteran OC. Rule needs to go to McVay's wide receiver or quarterback coach, someone who works directly with McVay or Shanahan. He needs to go and get one of those guys because they actually <laughs> – McVay is the offensive genius. Andy Reid is an offensive genius. Um, the Saints head coach. Sean Payton, yeah. Those guys know what the hell they're doing. I'm, I'm genuinely – I'm not like all the blame can't be taken off of Sam for his decision making. Like the interception he's doing the first play of the last game. That's that's decision making. <laughs> but when you're putting your players in a position to fail, like you're yeah. putting them in a position to fail. We're running the ball fairly well. I don't know if anybody's paid attention to it. The Dallas game, the Eagles game, the Viking game, we were running the ball fairly fucking well. The other team went up by another score and Brady just completely abandoned the fucking run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, I really, I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, the real zero chill says he's up there asking Google. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. How about this, man? Like one of one of the things that I've continuously said over the course of of this season is, I just don't want to delay the inevitable, man. If something is destined to happen, then do it early. Like I have already accepted in my mind that Joe Brady is done after this season. Because, one, why is he going to want to go through another first year with another quarterback if Sam isn't the guy? I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. If it's another, uh, you know, if it's Deshaun Watson or if it's another guy that you drafted, if it doesn't look like Sam Donald is the guy, then why would Joe Brady want to stay here with them even longer? Then you have to think about if, if LSU does take him, dude, I mean, the fans are already upset with the play calling. Like, it, even if he had an incredible year with us, let's say he was the dream offensive coordinator and did everything that we wanted him to do and masterminded a perfect offense for the Panthers, well, he's gone in a year anyway. So mm-hmm. it's like no matter what, we're set to lose Joe Brady, man. Honestly, I'm tired of talking about him. I think his face is starting to look more and more smug the more that we continue to lose. I think he's been branded as some kind of Offensive wonder can that we have all yet to see it, man. He's not. He's not. Yeah, he's kind of proven himself. Our coaching staff cannot make adjustments. As I was talking, I was talking to Cody and Nick before the show. Yeah, they had uh, over a year and a half to figure out how to run an offense without Christian McCaffrey, and they still have not figured out a way to do it. But Stefanski in Cleveland, no starting quarterback. Starting receivers are out. Yeah. Both top running backs are out. 
and they still find a way to win. Why? Because they built the wall up front and they yeah. ran the damn football. Oh, yeah. You know, you're Isn't right. that crazy what an offensive line can do for you? Yeah. Some is, of those is, guys is, are – think about it is um, – because I, I, I can't recall if I said this before or someone else said it. We didn't need to take Terrace in the second round. We didn't need to take Chuba when we took him, and we didn't need that long snap. No. There are offensive linemen currently starting or contributing to their team that we could have fucking drafted and possibly fixed our old line right then and there. Yeah. There are free agents we could have took. Like Terrence's production yeah. hasn't been anything yeah. out, out of the out of this world. Chuba's been solid, but like like the uh, Thursday night game showed you, you can get any any running back, any decent any any running back with any kind of talent behind a solid offensive line will look like that dude looked like he should have been starting right along with Chubb and 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 I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Everybody yeah, thought when, that Terrence Marshall getting drafted meant Robbie Anderson was out the door. Nobody expected Robbie Anderson to get a new deal. No. The, and here's the crappy no. thing: is I, I've been floating this around. They might be trying to shop DJ because of that that Terrence pick. You 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 resign Robbie. You draft Terrors knowing damn well you got a number one receiver that's ready to get paid. That's like, dumb. Uh, Charles Leno was the starting left tackle for the Bears for several years. He went to a few Pro Bowls. He was really hit. Fact is, he went to the night 2019 uh, Pro Bowl. His first Pro Bowl was 2002. Uh, he was, uh, but he was released on May the 3rd of this year. He was he didn't go through the wire, but he was available as soon as he was released. But yet this coaching staff and this general manager were so concentrated that Cam Irving was going to be that guy that we didn't even approach him, and he ended up signing with Washington and has been Washington's starting left tackle since. That's Man. a free agent we could have went after. There are there are Man. free agents. Some, you don't even have to go through all through the draft. Pick and choose. I'd have been all right if they took got him or a left tackle and maybe a guard in free agency or guard in the draft, but they just didn't. Yeah, and they, they essentially – I mean, they've even pretty much – they've even pretty much admitted as much that as soon as they had holes that they knew that they had to fill in free agency, they just went and, and signed yep. Irving and Elfley. It's just – it's it is yep. so – it's not – yeah, it's not doing your due diligence. Uh, and no. at the same time, it's like, okay, maybe if – they can get over their injury history. They can be a good player. Well, you all know what I say about it. A lot of the barrel players that nobody wanted. Yeah, man. Hey, by the way, shout right. out to Adrian J. Stubbs for the two dollars. Says Slater, Creed, and Trey Smith. Yeah, these are all players. All players that the Panthers could have had. But and again, man, thing. it's like I, I'm yeah, still not just, upset for, for how poor Paradise like like uh, Irving. Irving has not been. Like Pro Bowl, but he hasn't been the issue each and every game. The pressure has yeah. been coming from the middle. We all said right. that we could have yeah. drafted a fucking future center and possibly been like, "Hey, Paradise, you you struggling right now? Go ahead and throw the rookie in." See, like I honestly believe a fresh body, just a young cat that's strong as hell, somebody that ain't gonna let a fucking defender just bull rush them. Or Paradise has been yeah. getting walked into Sam. Like, bro, do you not have any dignity as a player? To just let me do move you out like you you are a paperweight. You you're the new speed bump McGee. I yeah. see that because you imagine if we 
take John Miller out and we had Trey Smith sitting there at right guard, him and Moten on the right side, double teaming and breaking off, getting to the second level. And man, I'm telling you, uh, there, there's still no guarantee that you're not going to see that from Deontay Brown. When Deontay Brown finally gets that's on the field, that's even better. Yeah, even better if you had got Trey Smith and Deontay Brown. Right, you got both of them. position is I, set. Now your offensive line is looking a little bit different now, I, isn't it? Go ahead, Nick. You could have fixed the offensive line in this past draft along with getting Horn and then yeah. throwing. Yeah, I know, I mean, that would have been it. Go ahead, Nick. I, I'm, I'm definitely not upset at Horn. Like, even though he only played for three right. games, what we saw in those three games was top notch. Okay, and it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a position that we're solid at for the next five years. Okay, with our defense being the way it is, we're definitely at that. We're definitely gonna have to resign guys, and that might mean letting DJ walk. Unfortunately, I hate it. I don't like it. I wish it wouldn't come to that. I wish I that's would rather sign DJ over Robbie. But that's, that's, to, the reason, that's the reason why I keep saying trade DJ now as opposed to just letting him walk and getting absolute no value for him. I think you're right. If things start falling yeah. apart, I can see them moving DJ. If they don't plan on re-signing him, I see them moving him at the trade deal. For anybody that might be questioning it, don't don't think that I'm saying this because I don't like DJ. As as right. as I've said, I would have preferred First and foremost, I'd prefer to pay Kirko what he wanted in order to keep him. And then I wanted to trade Robbie last year. Yeah. And right now, I would have preferred to pay DJ as opposed to them extending Robbie. It's just stuck with the contract as it is. I understand what you're saying. But in my opinion, if they're going to pick a person to trade, um, I would actually trade. And I know he's just a a captain, but you got to think about trading uh, uh, Jackson, uh, the corner. As well as maybe even, and he's right now he's leading the he's leading our team in sacks. But just think of what you're going to get if you put uh, Riddick on the trading block. What are you oh, what you can get for him? Just because he's a rule guy. Well, no, okay. I, that, to me, that's irrelevant because he's off. Rule has cut. Well, I don't know. Rule's cutting, but he, rule other rule players have been released. Well, yeah, but think about how they look to the players. Yeah, but trade a cap in the way. But if the cap guy, him. yeah, if the cap guy and the GM says there's no way we can keep him next year, he's want too much money for us to re-sign him next year. Then he ain't going to be here. Regardless, well, let me ask you. Let me ask you all this because one of the things that I've always said about Marty Herney is that he never looked forward to these exact scenarios, right? I was right. saying this on the podcast before the trade deadline last year. I'm on record as saying if if Curtis Samuel is not a part of your future plans and this is not a playoff football team, why are you not looking to, side, or to trade Curtis Samuel right now and get some value for him? Trade him to the Packers. Trade him to a team that's trying to make a playoff push. And that would be a nice piece to a championship squad. Then you're also doing right by Curtis Samuel, by by putting him in a situation that he's never been in before. But I wanted to stick on this idea of when do the Panthers need to start looking at trading players? Because right now, going into this Giants game, the Panthers have no reason to lose, y'all. The Giants are missing Saquon Barkley. (laughs) 
They have no Kenny Galladay. They have no Kadarius Tony. Oh, and by the way, Evan Ingram, John Ross, Sterling Shepard, and Darius Slayton are all questionable. So what my question to you is this. If the Panthers lose this, is our season over? Like, are we already at that yep. point where yeah, we're like, dude, trade Dante, trade DJ, get all the picks possible, and and just burn this thing to the ground? What's what? Where are we at right now? And I'll it, be it, it, over. over. Here, so we'll go to we'll, we'll go to Nick, and then we'll go to Drew. So basically, when we started the season, okay, we had one of the easiest seasons in the NFL. I mean, given given the start of the season, there's no reason why we couldn't be, you know, five and one right now is where we really should be. But there was still a possibility where we could have been six and zero if all of our players were healthy. You know, we didn't lose yep. Christian McCaffrey, we didn't lose J.C. Horn. Okay, but now that we've gone through the first six weeks of the season. We now actually have the hardest schedule in the NFL. Okay. Yeah. On top of that, we don't have a solid O line. We don't have those answers. We have a arguable. We have a offensive coordinator that we just don't trust, who hasn't shown up to play. We've been making stupid boneheaded mistakes. As much as I hate to say it, yeah. If we lose this week, we better be starting to play our backups. We better start to see what we really have in those guys. We better get this O line figured out in the best possible combination for you know next year and not this year because we just we aren't going to be competitive in games. Wait, we uh, might be competitive, but we won't be competitive compared to the rest of the NFL. Think about all the first round picks you can get with all those trades, dude. Like Dante would be a first round pick. See, that's the thing. I don't know if it would, if Dante would be a first round no. pick. That, honestly, right I, look, if I if I'm being very real. I think there's only two players on our team right now. No, three. I'll say there's three players on our team that could go for a first. That's Brian Burns, DJ Moore, and McCaffrey. Everyone else, every everyone else, I think it's still a question. Um, hey, real quick, let me add my man Brad to this discussion. Brad, what's going on, bro? Oh, I just got off work. Figured I'd chime in for a little bit. Yeah, man, dude, happy to have you, man. But what, uh, what's uh, what are your thoughts on uh, if the if the Panthers lose to the Giants while they're so injured and so beat up, is the season over? Should we be looking to trade players, and, and if so, who? I, I think we're already kind of there, right? I mean, I th- I do think at this point we should be sellers rather than buyers at the trade deadline. I mean, I, I think one prime target if you're not going to extend him, Dante Jackson should go. I mean, there are plenty of competitive teams out there that are missing cornerback depth, and he's a prime candidate to be traded. Uh, you know, I, I, it also begs the question, you know, are we going to extend DJ Moore or not? We're already paying one wide receiver and a running back. So as, yeah. good, as, DJ, as mo- good as DJ Moore is, are they giving him the running back treatment? Or are they just going to wait till his fifth year is, is over and then franchise tag him and ride that train out? Or are we, are we actually intent on extending him? Because if we're not – then it might be best for both parties for him to, to be traded off as well. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, we were having this discussion when they signed Robbie Anderson. It's like, who do you really want to be a part of 
your long-term plans. And I think it's so funny that we have this conversation about Fitterer and, you know, different specifications about arm length at different positions. All this very by-the-books kind of bullshit. Yet, in the same vein, there's also this mindset of there are positions that you pay and positions that you don't. And running back and wide receiver are the two positions that you don't normally just want to sink a bunch of money into. So, again, signing the receiver uh, and and not the corner, I I don't know, man. There's just been a lot of questionable decisions. And, um, yeah, I mean, the listen, I really don't think that the Panthers are a shoe-in to win this. Like, let me ask y'all this. How confident are you feeling about this team right now going up to New York on the road? They have so many different injuries. How are we feeling about this matchup? Like, uh, I'm 100%. I, it, it's a it's a pick 'em, honestly. That's how I feel. I mean, okay. I I really, you know, on paper we should absolutely wallop them, right? But I do think we have a definitive deficit when it comes to the quarterback situation. I think Daniel Jones is better than than Sam Darnold. I mean, that's just the reality. For as and as much as everybody wants to slam Daniel Jones, I mean, he's got some wheels on him too. You know, he's not easy to tackle. So, I mean, I do not, you know, you look on the schedule and you see typically at the beginning of the season and you can see, okay, that's a game we should win. That's a game we should lose. That's a game we should win. This is a game we absolutely should win, which in Carolina fashion makes me definitely think we're going to lose it. Yeah, and dude, how much would that suck? Losing three games in a row to the NFC East, man. Like, these are the teams that always invade our stadiums. They always talk a bunch of shit with us whenever they win. And it's like, man, these are the games that you need to win, man. If no one respects the Carolina Panthers... You have to go and earn that respect. You have to go out there and you have to take that respect. And the fact that, you know, that we're not even confident in this team to go up there and do it. And I think it's the fact that we're not confident in the offensive line. And, you know, that's part of the reason why I'm just interested to see what Brady Christensen does at left tackle. I mean, you know, it could it be that adding that one piece to the left side of our offensive line kind of makes things a little better. I don't know. And then we also have Matt Rule telegraphing to the entire world, hey, everybody, we're running the football. So, you know, now they know well, exactly what the plan of attack is. Well, we're, we're eighth in the NFL for rushing attempts as it is right now anyway, right? So so I actually looked some of this stuff up. We're thir- As far as our offensive line is concerned, we're th- ranked 30th when it comes to pass blocking. We're ranked 28th when it comes to run blocking. We're not a particularly good running team either. So I who's mean, who's worse than us, though? Uh, let me go look really quick. Um, I'm just curious. You know probably I mean? it has to be the Texans, the Jaguars, the Jets. One probably one of those three teams. I would team I would run imagine. blocking run blocking win rate that are worse than us: the Texans, the Raiders, the Jets, and the Patriots. Pass wow, the Patriots, I believe. Patriots. Yeah, the for as far as pass blocking is concerned, it's only the Texans and the Dolphins. Oh, man, dude, that dude, we're we're one of the bottom of the barrel offensive lines, and that's why none of us have a real confident pick to pick the Panthers, man. 
I mean, yeah, maybe some of us do. I mean, again, I think that we're going to win. Like, I'll, and I'll, I'll spoil it right now. I'm not picking the Giants to win. And if, I, if I can't pick the Panthers to beat this team, exactly, then it's a, well, dude, this season is donezo, man. It's you a know, bust. This is one of those Panther games that we're all pessimistic about them winning. We want them to win. But this is one of those games that, okay, out of the blue, they'll end up putting like 35 or 40 up. I have a feeling it's that. Or, or how about the last like, minute? This all season. How about a last minute Graham Gano field goal? Yeah, I would never uh, even pick him up. That's horrible. Uh, see, more disgusting, dude. See, when I was doing my pickums earlier today, right before I went to work, I picked I picked the Panthers to win it, but I did not feel good about it. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I hate to say it, but it feels like this is just a contest between two kind of crappy teams, and it's a matter of we're the less crappy team, and that's about it. I mean, you know, unfortunately, that's that's the way that the last three weeks has rolled out. I mean, it, it's it's not a good feeling. I mean, and my biggest my biggest takeaway with the Panthers, and I've been saying this for a while, and it says, you know, in my Twitter bio, it specifically says this: I, they're not well coached. I mean, if you look at game yeah. management decisions and every and everything else, even their tackling's gotten sloppy. They're not playing good football. And I, that that you know stops and starts with starts and stops really with the coach. Yeah, I, I mean the Giants fans have not been happy with their team. Obviously, their entire offensive line is busted and hurt. They're missing all these different players. Like again, man, the Panthers have no reason to lose this. And, and honestly, to to get some steam, to get some momentum before we play the Falcons. How about this? Ever since they've had that new stadium, uh, Megatron's butthole down there in Atlanta, the Panthers have not won (laughs) in that stadium. We have yet to win in the new Mercedes uh, Stadium in, in Atlanta, man. So beating the Giants before you go and play your division rival, dude, this could be what the Panthers need, man. And how about this? It's a kind of boomer bust um, on this. Uh, Drew, I wanted to kind of give you the opportunity to mention what you were talking about before the show uh, about McCaffrey and, and that they, the coaches are used to being without him. So it yeah, makes it all the more unacceptable. He, he's missed 18 out of the last – well, after this, I think 18 out of the last 24 games. And you mean to tell me in that time period you have not figured out how to put a successful game plan together without having McCaffrey involved? That's it's unbelievable. That's just yeah. yeah. The the well, thing for, the thing for me that that, that irritates the crap out of me, like with the Chuba pick. There's there's little doubt in my mind that they could have gotten Chuba later, later if not as a, a undrafted free agent. Like they could have gotten him later in the rounds. But the Panthers' offense—I've heard a lot of people say it's predicated on CMC. I don't believe that the the actual case. I believe it's predicated on having a running back with pass catching, like with wide, a running back with wide receiver skills, uh, a running back that can actually catch the ball. The problem with that is they essentially cut all the running backs that were on the roster that could fill in for CMC. They brought Bonafon back; he's on the practice squad right now. But um, they got rid of pretty much every other running back. 
that has similar uh, similar skill set to CMC. So you eliminate that facet that 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 aspect of the offense, and now Sam is essentially pressing the ball more, which is resulting in more interceptions. When he has CMC on the field, I, I've no doubt in my mind that if he had a, a reliable pass catching running back, Sam wouldn't be forcing the issue as much as he has. Not saying that he wouldn't have been throwing interceptions, but he I think he'd been more willing to dump the ball off. Yeah, yeah, so dump it up. And Chuba being like they, they said it, they they wanted Chuba to they don't want Chuba to try to be CMC, they want Chuba to be Chuba. Well, Chuba is a running back in every aspect of the word. He he he's purely a running back. He he could work on his hands, but right now they suspect as hell. So that just hands all that, he, he's a downhill runner. I mean, that's just the reality. I mean, and anybody who's if you look, watch his college tape, he was never asked to do contribute in the passing game. He was asked to run downhill. That's it. Truth. Yeah. Truth. Then, Every time I see him on the field, it's like, oh, it's going to be a run. Then they need to keep Terrence Marshall Jr. in the backfield. I mean, yeah, and a, lot, and a lot of people said, too. a lot of people said, uh, why did we cut Rodney Smith? Isn't that the name of the running back that that we cut? Yeah, uh, yeah. That was, yeah. yeah, that was one of the better pass catching uh, running backs on the squad. Do what Atlanta's doing with uh, Patterson. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm wondering is why isn't but again, guys, it all rolls back to the draft. Why the hell did you need a long snapper? (laughs) And you took a fucking long snapper. And we have one of the best long snappers in the NFL. Owner because the owner gave the keys to the draft to a head coach who never really experienced a good draft. Don't have an experience yeah, but he, good players. Here's the like, one thing that I will say about line it. is that bad, and we're not even at practice, and we knew the offensive line was going to be that bad. Yeah, you he have a guy. Okay, with, you're in the sixth round. That's when you take flyers on guys. You got a guy who, if he didn't have yeah. health, a small amount of health issues, I mean, he had blood clots or something like that, he would have been a, a first or a late first or a second round draft pick. You're in the yeah. sixth round. You take a flyer on that guy. You don't yeah. take the fucking long snapper. I agree. Yes. <laughs> now you got Trace Smith out there blocking on the right side with Kansas City. And I believe I tagged Cody in a, uh, one on Twitter. Demolishing guys. Yeah, man. Just Dude. Demolishing. Well, well going, going back to, I mean, if, looking at it from the, the data-driven analytics perspective, right, this whole roster is not built correctly, right? The way right. that you're supposed to prioritize, you prioritize the quarterback position, you prioritize your pass rush, and you prioritize your pass blocking. Those are the positions where you sink your money in your draft assets, right? Or at least your higher draft picks. Yeah. And I mean, as much as as much as I know everybody loves the Derek Brown pick, I mean, look at and would relate that as a quote unquote pass rushing pass rushing um, pick. You know, look at the reports coming out for, for from college, right? They said straight up. That at the NFL level, he would be a role contributor, probably a starter, but he wasn't going to match up well in the pass rush against bigger and more athletic offensive linemen. And so far, that's been the case, right? I mean, other than yeah. late last year when he came online and started to look the part, I mean, so far this year, he's been extremely quiet, doesn't generate much pass rush, stops the run okay, you know, but that's about it. And, you know, if you want to really talk questionable draft picks, I mean, I, 
you could question uh, a good solid 60% of the picks that these guys have made so far. And how about this? And I hate to use this against J.C. Horn because he was incredible for uh, those few bit of games that we had him for. And ultimately, yeah, I still do think he's going to be a very good player for the Carolina Panthers. But what I'm talking about is he has not been on the field because he's been hurt. Then we're talking about we haven't had a second-round pick uh, really do much this year in Terrace Marshall Jr. Now, again, who do you want to put the blame on? Uh, I think you could, you know, that varies. You could put it on Joe Brady. Sure, you could put some on Terrace Marshall himself. But then, like, what, we're week seven, and we're just now seeing our third-round pick. Yeah. So it's like really yeah. the you know the yeah one was because of injury, but the first three picks of our draft haven't done anything for us outside of that little bit with J.C. Horn to start. So well, Cody, you're talking about, you're talking about you know we're just now doing something with the first three picks in the draft. Think about this. You know, again, back to the offensive line is bad. Why would you go and double down on wide receiver and take Shy Smith? You're finally going to yeah. put him in. You're talking about he may get 15 snaps. But that, that goes so back to stupid. my original statement about DJ Moore, right? They've been stocking up on wide receiver. They paid Robbie Anderson. Which I, was I the don't, wrong receiver to pay. It was the and wrong they receiver, yeah. don't have to pay DJ this year. No, they but picked up his fifth-year option, so they yeah. don't have to pay him this season. Unless he holds out next season, then, which and he very well could do. Which he could I mean, do. And if I were him, I would, because to be quite honest, like, you know, he he's 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 going to earn himself the bag. I mean, that's just the reality. And somebody is going to be willing to pay him. So is it a question of do we want to be the team that pays him, or do we want to get some? We'll let him walk out the door, or do we want to get something in return? And then uh, again, I'd be, man, I'd honestly be willing to bet that he ends up on the same team as Aaron Rodgers. Because let's face it. Aaron Rodgers would love to have DJ Moore as a receiver to throw. I, I, that that depends on where Aaron Rodgers is. For DJ Moore would be one of the top guys is, I signed. This is supposed yeah. to be one of the last uh, years that he plays with the Packers. So, um, yeah, and, I know he and, says uh, it every year, but yeah. And listen, I'm by the way, if you're if, it, if, yeah, if you're if you're That's DJ Moore, go get paid, man. You've had a thousand yeah. yards almost every year, yeah. and you have had a um, just a, a who's who of average quarterbacks coming through and throwing you the football. And, and dude, it's just one of those scenarios where you don't have that many opportunities in the NFL to make real NFL money. The problem is, is do you want the Panthers to be that team to pay that money if we're still looking at having to? potentially upgrade our quarterback position next year. If Sam Donald isn't the guy, are we going to get some other guy to hopefully reliably get DJ the ball? Is it going to be a rookie or are we bringing someone in to do it? Like, I don't know, man. You get a rookie quarterback, you're starting to, you may, you're starting over. I mean, you're well, starting ground zero with rule at that point. You so not, not to mention that would be that would be an indictment on the coach. Like if, if I said this before, if Rule and company decide to move on from Sam Donald, 
The only reason why I feel Rule will stay is because him and Snow are pretty much a package deal. Well, Raimi, on the other hand, would need to be fired because they brought Sam in. They brought Teddy in saying that, that Teddy could run the offense. They moved on from him. They brought Sam in claiming that they could help him. They could coach him out of his bad decision-making this and the third. Yet we see that he still has those, those habits in part due to them asking him, in part due to them putting him in a bad position. If they but, can't coach him, if they can't coach Sam up to be a better quarterback, that is an indictment on the coaching staff. Yep. Like I said, the only reason why rule stays is because I want to keep snow. But I'd have like we lose this game team because we can't put points on the board. Brady Ash will be catching a passenger strike back from New York. He wouldn't be the OP of the team anymore. Brady's gonna get a head coaching job somewhere next year, whether that's in LSU, whether that's you know at with the Raiders. It's, he's gonna get a head coaching job. Somewhere. Dude, you can just, you can just, I know a lot of people are going to like to hear this, but I'm going to tell you this. If at the end of the season, David Tepper does not feel sold on Sam Darnold, he's going to do whatever he has to do in mm-hmm. order to get Aaron Rodgers to Carolina. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Rodgers is going to come to Carolina. If he has to tell Aaron, yeah. I will revamp the entire offensive line. You can pick who you want. We'll figure, we'll figure out the money later. We'll figure out the salary cap later. We'll end up like the Saints, $100 million over the salary cap next season afterwards. But if he's not sold on Sam Donald, do not be surprised if he goes all in to get Aaron Rodgers to Carolina. Come I, so I don't think I, Aaron Rodgers is coming no matter what Tepper does. I, yeah, I, yeah. If you're Aaron he's, he's Rodgers, if you're Aaron Rodgers, why would you come here? Today is he's never been given the opportunity to have input on how that team was put together. If right. David Tepper said, here, He's not going to get with Matt Rule. We'll do whatever yeah. you want. We will revamp the offensive line. We'll so, figure out the money later. No, let me jump in on this real quick. I always look at things from a from, look at things from a GM perspective, right? So we're gonna if we were to bring him here, one that means we would have to take on his contract. That means that we're gonna have to give up picks to trade to get him. And the Carolina Panthers only have one pick in the top 100 in this next coming up draft anyway. Then we have all these other players that we're talking about wanting to pay that Panther fans. I mean, we have some fan favorites that we're talking about here, man. DJ Moore, Dante Jackson, Brian Burns might want to kick the can. Hassan Reddick has been playing pretty damn good. And, hey, if Stephon Gilmore plays well, we might want to keep him around too. So uh, if you're not going to have the picks to upgrade the offensive line because you're going to have to trade them away, then you're going to have to use your free agency dollars to accommodate Aaron Rodgers' contract. Man, you're just you. I think you're really. And by the way, this is true for Deshaun Watson too. Everything that I'm telling you about Rodgers also applies to whatever quarterback, Russell Wilson. It doesn't matter whoever you're trading for. This is the kind of scenario that we'd be putting ourselves into if we did trade. Right. So, I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that out there. The other thing you have part to- of the reason why I say the the best course of action would be, because um, it, 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 it I say this for Sam and it extends to Brady. Um, the best course of action would be for us to address the O line, something that we should have did last year with Teddy. Yep. I'm not a huge Teddy fan, but we should have kept Teddy and addressed the O-line. We're in a similar situation this year. Mm-hmm. When we move on from Sam, we're going to be started, regardless of who you bring in, 
still starting over because the guy is new. He He's the leader of the offense, leader of the team, and you're bringing in a new cat. The best course of action would be to keep Sam. Uh, if Brady doesn't get a head coaching job, bring him back and see if they can improve from what they've done this year. And if being that Sam is on his fifth-year option next year, if Sam ain't cutting it, then we're in a position where we can draft a quarterback and develop him, or we can pay somebody in free agency. Specifically, if, if the O line at that point is playing way, way, way better than what they're currently playing, so the best yeah. so, would be to just stay the course. Well, we're in a good position right now. Hey, Brad, one second. I'll, I'll pass the mic right to you. Shout out to T Baby. It says, uh, for the one night and respect the food pie. If Giants win, I shave my head. Shout out to you, teammate. Go ahead, Brad. Screw the so, so we keep talking about improving the offensive line, like we're going to get it fixed in one off season. I mean, we have the free, the we have the salary cap to do that. But the thing you have to remember too is most of the offensive linemen who are worth a damn, who you'd like to see the team pay, they're going to end up getting franchise tagged. They're not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. So the way the way that you improve the offensive line is you improve it through the draft, and we only have four picks next year, right? As it sits right now. Right. So how are you going to do that? You're yeah. going to move assets now. That's how you fix that. You either move them now or you move them before the beginning of uh, free agency next year. So, I mean, I, I think that the we kind of need to make peace with the fact that some of these players, like if we're, if we're smart, if the, if, Vitter is as smart as he says he is, and he's not, or we think he is, and he's not going to pay Dante Jackson. They need to ship him now. Yeah, kind of where I'm at. And, and look, yeah. and I feel like whenever people say this, like, oh, we need to trade, you know, insert player, you know, Dante, DJ, whoever. It's not even that like we don't like those players. I mean, Brad, I think that you probably like Dante Jackson. Fine, yeah, I'd this love, year, yeah, I'd love him to pay him. But, yeah, you know, really. I mean he's playing great, but if 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 the future is that you have to get draft picks or you have to get rid of player uh, players that you know you're not going to be able to pay and that they're not going to be a part of your long term game plan, then yeah, you want to be you want to be ahead on this. And if that's the case, if that's the scenario, then yeah, Dante his his name should be mentioned as a guy that could be traded. So out out of all the guys that we're going to lose next year, who, or out of all the guys that are going to become free agents next year, who are absolutely who are guys that we can absolutely not get rid of? You know, in my mind, it's Hassan Reddick and Frankie Luvu. So yeah, so Frankie Luvu is going to get the bag too. I mean, he's earning that way. I mean, look look at his PFF scores for the past you know. Five six weeks. He's been. He's fantastic. the only play. He's the only Panther player that's had over a ninety PFF grade. The only yeah, one. So Frankie Louvu is gonna gonna cost you a bit, right? Hassan or Redick is also earning the bag. I mean, he's gonna. They're you're gonna have to pay him quite a bit to get him to stay. Yeah, you'll 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 and, pay him at least twenty five million at least. Yeah, and at the least. other thing, and the other thing you have to remember too, and I'm not. I, I think we've, we're all, even myself, even though I, I, I freaking hate Matt Rule, right? He's not going anywhere for another year, but let's just say that the, the, the wheels really fall off the wagon here and we don't win any more games. And Tepper does decide to can him. Reddick's not staying. He wants to play. The only reason he even came here was to play with for Matt Rule. So, I'm I mean, just fine with me if we're like three wins. 
Yeah, because if you if I mean, you pay Reddick and you pay Luvu, and those I, are the I, only two you pay, then you're still going to be cat. You're still going to be strapped the next year to even consider paying, uh, paying uh, uh, Burns, uh, Chin when he becomes up contract, and more. You just you're not keeping everybody if you pay, if you pay that well, much for for there. I mean, you basically got to look at Burns and Riddick and say which one gets the money. Well, yeah. we still have the fifth year option on more, so yeah, I'm not necessarily worried about more just yet. But I mean, we're looking at Dante Jackson, we're looking at Hassan Riddick, we're looking at Frankie Luvu, and we're looking at <laughs> Stefan Gilmore. Now, Stefan Gilmore, we haven't seen him play. Oh, and is AJ Bouye a free agent next year? Yeah, or is that yeah, no. deal. yeah but I'm not sure about him. Yeah. Now, there's okay. a few others, but like Jermaine Carter Jr. and Marquise Haynes, if you want to consider them in the in the. I trade Marquise Haynes. I, I'd work well, yeah. on trading him right now. Yeah. 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 So, guys that are listed as free agents. Include Stefan Gilmore, Matt Paradis, Hassan Reddick, Daquan Jones, I'm ready to Justin him. Burris, Trenton Scott, Dante Jackson, Frankie Luvu. Um, yeah, so I mean, some of the bigger guys, like, listen, if we could figure out some way to hold off on paying DJ Moore and Brian Burns, if we don't have to worry about this, about that this year, great. But I don't think we're going to be able to do that with DJ. Because if I'm DJ, after everything that I've done, especially if he has another thousand yard season this year, nah, bro, you gotta pay me. Like if yep. I'm DJ, yep. if I'm DJ, that's the mindset that I have after everything that I've done for this Carolina Panthers team, and, and with the quarterbacks that I've had throwing me the football, I, I, I'm getting paid. So then that's again, that means we McCaffrey have, early. Yeah, that means we have a bunch of money wrapped up into. Uh, DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. And, and, and again, so it's like, I think Dante Jackson, too, going back to him, the fact that we do have, um, you know, we have JC Horn, we have CJ Henderson, we have Stefan Gilmore now, although we don't know quite for how long. You know, the fact that we do have them, it kind of inevitably makes him the odd man out in the scenario that the Panthers did start. Trading away people, yeah. Um, well, we to, trade away people. I don't think we will. We should. We should trade if we get something out of Daquan Jones. I remember. I live in Bristol, Tennessee. I live in Tennessee. I talk to Titan fans on a daily basis. Daquan Jones was let go by the Titans because he gave up a massive amount of runs. He was pretty much non-existent. He was literally a fat man on the defensive line that multiple people could push out of the way. Um, that being said, he was, he was decent in the passing game, but he was pathetic in the running game. He couldn't stop anybody. So a lot of folks in the chat are kind of hyped up on a little bit on Derek Brown. They need to rethink this. What, what, again, it goes back to starting a rookie. What we, what this team needs to do is play less of Daquan Jones and play more of, uh, the, uh Nixon. Nixon. Exactly. That's what Davion. they need to play more of him. Yeah, and, yeah, and it also the Panthers don't have a ton of picks, and we still need linebacker depth. We still need yep. safety. We still need another free safety. 
that we haven't had in years. People are wanting to put Dante back there, which yeah. if, he, if he's willing to do it, I mean, I would love it if Dante was more willing to play some other positions to see if he could do them well. Because, man, if he could play that ball-hawking free safety position, I know a lot of fans are against it, too, because that's not his primary position. Uh, I mean, again, every player is a different scenario. You can't judge one against every other one. But if Dante was able to play some nickel or able to play some free safety, I would have no problem signing Dante to even more money, you know, especially if he has um, – if he's going to fill – a role on our football team. Um, whether or not that'll happen is just, um, I don't know. Hey, real real quick, before we go any forward, for any farther forward, 94 people watching, 44 thumbs up. If you're enjoying the content, please hit the thumbs up button. Hit the notification bell to go notified every single time we want to go live. If you want to join the show with me and the guys here, the link is in the description for you to join the stream yard. So you can do that if you'd like to. And um, once again, man, I appreciate everybody for uh, hanging out on the Friday free-for-all. Um, I wanted to take a minute to kind of talk about Graham Gano a little bit, uh, which I know that might seem weird. But this this is a story that surfaced, and I felt like it was uh, at least worth sharing and getting people's comments and opinions on. Um, Graham Gano went on to detail for a New York publication, uh, basically that, um, that Carolina had misdiagnosed him when he was here, and he didn't find out about it until he went to New York and got that same injury re-diagnosed. He said, I was told initially it was tendonitis and a bone bruise, and it was actually a lot more than that, which we knew for a while. I was treating it, and I came back and had the same injury, actually worse than before. It was a mess. It was frustrating, but at the same time, I tried to look at things positively. If that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't be here. Gano said he fractured his femur just above his knee and his non-kicking leg. It might be more important than the kicking leg. We've had a lot of bad weather in Charlotte, so my plant foot was sinking into the ground. And over time, I developed the injury. Gano said he kicked in one game with the broken leg in 2018 before getting placed on IR for the final four games of the season. Gano went through the ensuing offseason under the impression that he only had tendinitis. I went into training camp the next year. They were telling me it was fine, Gano said. I re-injured it. They were telling me it was fine. Obviously, it was not, so I had the surgery, and it went from them telling me there was nothing wrong with my leg to I needed a major surgery. So, dude, if that doesn't tell you what kind of medical staff the Carolina Panthers have had on this team for the past five years, man, it's so eye-opening to the way that the Panthers have just absolutely mismanaged the injuries of so many players, man. Cam Newton, Greg Olson, and now, even though it's not Vermillion anymore, it looks like McCaffrey is kind of a part of that as well, man. What do you all um, make of the Carolina Panthers essentially almost ruining a player's career? Um, uh, it could be worse. It could be like Tyrod Taylor and, and uh, what happened when he broke his ribs. 
San Diego. Oh, when they punk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With a needle. But I mean, yeah. honestly, Cody, thinking, looking at all that, I'm starting to wonder, did they misdiagnose Cam's injuries to the point that it really started him on a downward spiral? Well, you know, if you're misdiagnosed is the key word there, right? Do we right. Do, were they more concerned with actually getting him getting him proper medical care, or were they more concerned with trying to get him out there to win as much as humanly possible? Because Good point. I mean, the reality of the matter is for you know, we talk about the offensive Maybe line and, and the problems with this team for the past few years. The problems are the same problems we've had for years. They're not going anywhere. We just had a superstar quarterback who could mask them. Yeah. And yeah, it, it begs the question of were they were they trying to rush him back or get him out there as soon as humanly possible, even though they knew he was injured? Did they misdi misdiagnose him, trying to make sure that they could cover their own asses? I mean, I think so, man. And I think Ron Rivera has to take his fair share of blame in this too. I think Rivera felt like, especially with the brand new owner, his ass was on the hot seat. And I think that they entirely mismanaged Cam Newton and Greg Olson to that extent too, man. He kept on re-injuring uh, his foot. Yeah, it was the same bone. In, in his dude, I really don't know, man. Um, but and again, all, dude, like, what is fans, this? We saw how hurt those guys were, and we were sitting there, like, why is he even out there on the field? You can tell me they were hurt. So, if can, we're seeing it, watching it on TV, how can they not see it in the training room, at practice, in the locker rooms, around the facility on a daily basis? It makes who, you start to wonder. Who, let me ask who who has more power, the head coach or the trainer, the head trainer? Because I asked, I want, I asked that question because um, a, a lot of your head coaches across the league aren't doctors, and if a trainer says they're good, a lot of the 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 head coaches going to say, okay, they'll look at the player and say, can you go? He said, yeah, I can go, coach. All right, then. That's what I mean. That's well, that's what happens. And I would do that, but I've never been a head coach in the NFL. So well, and, yeah. and this, this just kind of adds to the crap that's going on with Ryan Vermillion right now, right? Like, yeah. I mean, the fact that he yeah. had the FBI storm the Washington football team's facilities what was it two weeks ago yeah. now? I mean, and people are liking him to the to Pablo Escobar. I mean, yeah. Let me give you some dope. Really you feel better. Yeah, uh, I'll give you some dope. You feel better. Tommy, Tommy Doc Martin said, "Looks like I mean, a million was Doctor Feelgood." I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've, I've got some family members who would like to see Ryan Familiar. Oh, I'm sure, man. Hey, we, we probably all know someone who wishes they had a Doctor Vermillion in their life, man. Um, but oh, I dude, I um, and by by the way, you know, like that's what got Gruden. But I think I have this correct. If I don't, I apologize. But when the FBI raided Vermillion, it, it was it was uh, a part of that, which is how they got the emails with John Gruden saying all the crazy shit. At least that's what that was the investigation no, was, the cheerleaders. Yeah, it was the Washington investigating their sexual issues before Ron got there. Yeah, uh, that's all. It's but wasn't that a part of it? I, 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 I wanted to say that 
Like I know there was an investigation into into Allen and the Washington football team, but I I, I want to say I read something that the Vermilion thing also played a part in it somehow. Again, I could be wrong about this whole thing, but I don't know, man. It, it just doesn't. And then the fact that Ron Rivera's over there, like dealing with the same thing. And by the way, now you're hearing that Curtis Samuel is also injured again, dealing with a he's bunch been of injured different injuries. Yeah, he's been injured all year, Andy. Yeah, he's been injured Yeah, you, you know, know, you know, if you're Curtis Samuel, you have to ask yourself because when he was in Carolina, he stayed pretty much hurt all the time. Except yep. for the one year Ryan Vermeil followed followed Ron to Washington, I, I and then he was here. Year. He was here Rule's first year without Ron Vermeil, and he played out real good. He really played good. Yet then he turns around and goes to Washington with Ryan Vermeil, and all of a sudden now he's back hurt all the time. If I'm Curtis Samuel, I have to ask this question. <laughs> Yeah, like I mean, I'm like you know, dude. <laughs> do yourself a favor. That's why whenever people were saying like uh, Cam Newton should go to the Washington football team, yeah, no, yeah, if you're Cam Newton, you're like, no, I'm good, dude. <laughs> dude. I'm running to any football team besides the Washington football well, team. Yeah. If well, I'm Washington, Cam Newton, man. Well, and they're they're talking about apparently too like with all the Deshaun Watson rumors circulating that there's going to be a three-way trade that sends Tua to, to Washington. That's yeah, the last place that. if I'm at, that's the last place if I'm a quarterback, I would ever want to go period. Especially one that's already kind of injury prone. Right. Yeah. Like, so look, let's yeah. look, we might, we might as well do it. It already came up. Uh, this is the story that will not go away and it's not going to go away. No matter what your opinions and feelings on the matter are. Until he gets traded. Uh, yeah, yet again, there is still reports and rumors going around the internet. The people at Pro Football Network uh, maintain that the Carolina Panthers are a dark horse to trade for Deshaun Watson. And yeah, and then uh, what, what you were saying that there might uh, be a, a three team trade, which, by the way, would be unprecedented. That's actually never happened in the NFL before. It, you, you think that it might have happened, but no, a that's, some, that's some, Yeah, it's it's never happened before, but apparently yeah, the they were going really to they were right. gonna send uh, Tua to the uh, Washington football team, but damn, now he's injury prone, and you're going to stick him with Rivera and Vermillion? Dude, we not just have to get past the trading deadline, and then that'll at least die down into the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, it's kind of crazy that they're still talking about Deshaun Watson coming to Carolina. And I, I, you know, as a fan, like, I don't want him here. I mean, as much as I don't, – don't get me wrong. Like, I would love somebody who can play football, especially the quarterback position as well as he does on our team. Sure. But at the same time, you know – he he's got allegations with 22 women. I mean, yeah. and he's open and he's openly admitted that if you, I mean, I'm sorry, but if you are, if you're a professional athlete, you're t- mean to tell me that you need to crawl up into somebody's IG direct messages and petition women to come give you mas- massages. I mean, you've got team facilities for that. You've got team staff for that. You're not doing that for any reason other than to, you know, get there. 
So is there is there any? That's a good question. I don't know if I've ever asked that um, uh, on the show before. Is there anyone in the show and in the chat room that if we traded for Deshaun, is that a bridge too far? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, because inevitably, this is what the conversation is. Every fan base is going to have to. Their fans are going to have to ask themselves that same question. You know, if you believe that there's no way that Deshaun could have any innocence in this, which I understand that that mindset. These these allegations are very, very damning, and no one's saying that they're not. And especially if you're a woman who feels that 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 way, you have every right to feel that kind of way about this. But is there anyone, you know, in here or in the chat room who feels like? Dude, if we traded for Deshaun, yeah, I might just not follow the Panthers for a couple seasons or no. I'm out on it. Like, how are we feeling about this? No, it really depends on what we would give up for him in the long- and how everything would play out with Deshaun. If he's going to be if he's going to be put on the exempt list right after he gets traded, then, yeah, I think that would be a step too far. And I mean, we should honestly expect that. Yeah, you know, but well, it's really going to depend. You know, and, and I'm going to preface this by saying I'm all for the notion that you're 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 innocent until proven guilty. True, but I mean, he's come out and openly admitted that he had intercourse with with women who were giving him massages, like with at least a few of these women. Like he's admitted it. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I mean, I probably wouldn't follow the team for a couple of years because I that's that's just a, a bit much. I mean. Yeah, and by the yeah, way, but it, no, if it's consensual, well, my yeah. thing is this. My thing is this. So there's no wrong answer to this. If if you feel like now nah, that's a bridge too far, I don't want to support someone like that who does that kind of shit. I I agree, man. That's that's a low down dirt bag kind of stuff that you did. If you if you did do those things, my thing is, is I I want to hear Deshaun's side. One of the things that I do know is that he has refused to sign an NDA, uh, meaning that he wants to tell his side of the story. He doesn't want to pay these women to go away and make this a problem for another day. He wants to tell his side of the story. Now, we might hear that side of the story and say, Deshaun, bro, that's kind of some bullshit, huh? Even still, it might not be a good answer. But I still want to hear how he would defend his own self, you know, and especially yeah. if this ends up going to court, you know, I think the precedent has been set, man. If you look at guys like Big Ben or, or, or whatever that have had these allegations happen to him before, I mean, real, real sexual assault allegations happen to them, and Big Ben's still playing football, probably overstayed as well. So, yeah. you mean, know, I, I, both of those things are true. I think it's true. And then I'll pass the mic on this. I think it's possible that we never see Deshaun Watson again. Or I think it's possible that he has a long-ass career and still plays football after all this is washed over. Go ahead, Drew. I was going to say, we, of course, we need to take these allegations seriously and, and everything. But I just still find it interesting that None of these allegations came out until he told Hugh the Texans, I'm not mm-hmm. playing. Uh, yeah. All these years, because from what these women are saying, this has been going on for quite a long time. 
and you never heard a word about it. But as soon as he said, Houston, I'm not playing for you anymore. I'm out of here. I will sit out. I want to be traded. All of a sudden, you one after another, you hear an allegation about from this lady and from that lady. And now it's 22 women. It's like, so what, were the Texans keeping paying people to keep quiet all this time? And all of a sudden, they said, okay, we're not paying you anymore. You can do what you want. And now they're coming out of it. It's just very interesting all of a sudden that this happened. And then if that ends up being true, like a scenario like what you just laid out, Drew, you would have to imagine that if Deshaun could prove that in some kind of way, that this would end up being one of the biggest legal sports cases of all time. I mean, John, he would, yeah, that's like, I mean, this is this is even bigger mm-hmm. than that. Yeah, I'm saying if that indeed is true, that it is a conspiracy on that level. And by the way, the word conspiracy, like kind of in today's like, guys, indicates lunacy and shit. I'm not even saying like that, but I'm saying all these behind the scenes scenarios would have to play out in order for that to happen, dude. That'll be one of the biggest sports stories in history, man. If that ends up being true. And I'm not saying that it's too fantastical to be true. I mean, I'm, you know, crazy shit has happened in this world. But man, dude, that that would be one hell of a thing to go that far out of your way just to ruin a quarterback that that wants traded, man. Um, one of the things I'll say on this, I believe the Dolphins are lying about this. I don't believe that conversations have gone anywhere. I think well, they're trying to. I think that they're trying to inflate the value of uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, the Texans, yeah. The Texans yeah, are the ones leaking this information. It's not yeah, the Dolphins. Yeah. It's the Texans that are reporting yeah, the Texans, this, and they are. The Texans are doing it. Right. I meant, I meant, to, I, I meant to say Houston. My, my, my bad. I meant uh, to say Houston. The, the guy, John McClain, he works for the Houston Chronicle, he's been the one, like, putting all this stuff out. And, yeah, that's a Houston publication. So, of course, Houston would put that out there. Yeah, do y'all think this is true? Because, again, Pro Football uh, Network maintains the Panthers are a dark horse, but then meanwhile, Joe Person comes out and says, no, we haven't even contacted the Texans. Uh, I I like the on-field talent. I think that's unquestionable. But I question the insanity if you do this. Imagine what you give up. You're giving up basically the boat. Yep. For the next couple of years, probably. Yep. And for a quarterback that as soon as he gets traded, as soon as it's official, the NFL is going to say, all right, you're on the commission exempt fix because it will happen right now. They're not doing it. They haven't done it because the, because the Texans are refusing to play. Him. He, he's not even training with the rest of the team. He's off on an individual trainer by himself when he comes up, comes in. So there's a point when they don't that that and and then 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 if the litigation goes into the federal means because the FBI is still investigating it if it goes into federal yeah. means Watson will be charged with um, uh, with several legal cases I, the words not coming to my mind right now but um, then he could get jail time for this possibly. yeah and you're going to be out all the picks. You're going to be out any players that you've traded. And this could go mm-hmm. on two or three years. If we trade for Deshaun Watson without the legal stuff being wrapped up, <laughs> you, you could set this team back at least five, ten years. And, and then I heard, I heard an interview with Peter King, 
And he said that this might not be solved until the end of 2022. I believe it. From from a legal perspective. So you'd be trading for a player that you might not be able to put on the field until 2023. I said he probably won't play in two years. Yeah, that that would be, I mean, Uh, that that would be a minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, and again, we're we're still, you know, back to the, the human side of it and not the football side of it. You know, I know the timing sounds suspicious and everything, and I I get that. I'll wholly buy into that. It looks sketchy as hell. But the reality of the matter is it takes years for some sexual assault victims that come forward. I mean, that's just the reality. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 you know, the the fact of the matter is if I, if it was one or two women, I could, I could say, okay, yes, this is a conspiracy. It's 22 freaking women. That's insane. That's bananas. That's, that's the, the, that where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, right. and unfortunately, I think that's kind of the reality of where, where we need to, how we need to look yeah, at this and then, and then to the point that you made earlier, too, if we already know that if if we have leaked information that he did have, uh, you know, relationships with a few of the massage artists, even though those were consensual, what, yeah, it would let you, it would lead you to believe, oh, yeah, if he felt vindicated you know, trying to holler at one massage therapist. Yeah, of course he probably shot and failed with a bunch of other different ones as well, and he ended up looking like a dummy because of it. So, and again, man, like, I'm a Clemson fan, dude. My my, my, my most uh, favorite times as a Clemson fan was in 2015 and 2016 watching uh, Deshaun just go crazy with my Tigers, man. Winning that championship, like, as a player, the man is incredible. But even I have to put that aside if this is the kind of guy that he is, man. Like, my my, my head would love it because it would be like, oh, yeah, he's, that's Deshaun Watson. He's an incredible player. But, I mean, dude, it doesn't matter what your head wants. You know, that it's if, if he really has these things that are outstanding with him, then – yeah, it is what it is, man. And I personally don't see Federer um, or anyone in this organization willing to give up that amount for a player that we don't know when he's going to play. And once again, the Panthers don't have a lot of draft capital to be able to go and get him anyway and and be able to field a football team around him. Like you, You're still going to be forcing him to throw behind one of the worst offensive lines in football. So, well, I don't know, man. I just, has, every I time mean, I hear it. I mean, anybody that trades for Deshaun Watson, I'm sure they, they would be in contact with the league office beforehand. Oh, 100%. Okay, if we're, if we're dr- trading for this guy, are you going to put him on the exempt list as soon as we trade for him? And they're going to want concessions from Houston. You're like, okay, if we're trading for this guy and he hasn't gotten his legal issues taken care of, we want we – want, considerations for these draft picks and things that we're giving up. If he goes, yeah. if he goes to play for us, you know, these picks are reverted back to certain picks are reverted back to us or the first round picks go to fourth round picks or, you know, yep. they're going to want concessions. So, I mean, yeah. if we see a trade of Deshaun Watson, it's just not going to be, oh, they got the three first round picks and a couple of players and that's it. It's going to be a lot more to it than that. I, I said it earlier, the best course of action for the team, for our team, would be to build up every other position, give Sam a fair evaluation, 
like excluding the off field issues that Deshaun has, everybody, everybody is it's unanimous. Everybody agrees that the dude is an extremely talented QB. True. But like if, if you were able to take away like in a in a world in which he doesn't have all of these issues going on off the field, I still wouldn't be willing to trade that many that much capital to bring him in. Because like I said, you'd be setting the team like, yeah, you'd have a talented QB, but who'd be protecting him? Who would he be throwing mm-hmm. to? Would the defense be any good? Well, you know, and and that kind of goes back to the you know the general sentiment of of how 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 you do team building, right? If you're gonna be, if you're gonna spend a lot of free agent money, you're gonna bring in a lot of free agents. Then you have to have a quarterback on a rookie deal. That that's the other issue. And if you're gonna bring in a quarterback who's gonna get paid, yeah. because Deshaun Watson, I mean, I think it's after next year he goes up to making four, damn near forty million a year. Exactly. Then you yeah. have a ton of draft picks. I mean, okay. you you can't sell out everybody we discussed earlier. You can't sell right. Riddick. You can't sell out Burns. You can't. I mean. You can't give defense. You can't give fifty million on the defense and forty million on offense. That ain't even count Christian McCaffrey's contract. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah man. It, it, that's it, the kind of move you can make. Like I said, like if we get every our, like, if we get like a we draft and we get bringing free agents and we have a for for the foreseeable future we have a top ten offensive line with top ten weapons at the skill position players and then we have a top ten defense. At that moment, if our quarterback ain't cutting it, that's when you can go ahead and be like, hey, essentially what the Rams did. Hey, we'll give you three first rounds to get this guy because he'll help put us over the hump. So, like, yeah. right. And we are, and the reality of the matter is, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. We're not one quarterback away. We're just not. No, we're not. No. One quarterback won't, won't really honestly mean a lot of difference. I, I will I mean, say this, though. Because the the Cam Newton fan that I am, the 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 domino started to fall in this direction when they decided to walk away from Cam. Yeah, because we could have very easily just let Cam play out his last year. Um, regardless, I, I I for one believe that the record we had had Cam been the starter would have been eight and eight or better. So we wouldn't have been drafting that high, but then we could have. They could have gotten a quarterback. Or like I said, they could have essentially just built the team up. They could have extended camp for another two, three years, built the team up, then it been in a position to draft a, a, a Josh Allen or a Justin Herbert type QB. But they they played themselves by cutting Cam, bringing in Teddy, cutting Teddy, bringing in Sam, and he he played well for the first three games, but he's been struggling the last three. So the jury's still out on him. And if you bring in a rookie QB, you're essentially starting over again. You bring in a veteran QB, you're starting over again. The best course of action is to build the rest of the team up with, with, with the yeah, QB. I, I, so, a lot of your so, veteran quarterbacks ain't going to come here with the offensive line like it is. They're just, well, yeah, man. I mean, like, at least thing, Tampa Bay had yeah. a decent line to begin with, and right. they were able to add to it by drafting Tristan Wirfs. Right. You know, the reality of the matter is – if you look at the every quarterback nowadays has a no trade clause, right? So they they don't. It's not a matter of a team. You can just make the offer, and the team will send them to where wherever they don't want to go. They have to want to come to your your team. And Aaron Rodgers isn't coming here. Russell Wilson last year. I mean, Russell Wilson. This might be his last year in Seattle as well, right? He already said these are the list of teams that I want to play for, and Carolina was not one of them. No, uh-oh. 
No. So, no. We, we're not getting – we're not going to get a free agent quarterback. The best course of action for us is to unfo- build the offensive line, draft a quarterback, and pray to God we hit we hit Hader. I mean, that's just the reality. Did we really make a mistake this year and last year not doing everything in our power to yes. draft a quarterback? Yes. I mean, yeah. there's a re- there's yes. a reality. If we would have played last season, you can you can build your roster in such a way that you can organically tank without necessarily setting yourself up for failure. The Dolphins almost did it, right? They were just well coached back in twenty was it twenty nineteen? Was the season that they traded off all their assets? I mean, they were specifically tanking for Tua. It just sucks that they got the wrong guy, right? But you can, you can. <laughs> they tanked for him, play. and they still they they didn't get the first pick, and they still got him. Yep. So I mean, it's it's hard to lose in the NFL. It's hard to lose in the NFL if you get the coaching right. I mean, that's just the reality. People, will, I mean, I, I, I think our biggest mistake, honestly, was hiring that rule. I, I, I'm not going to argue. I, I think that if you if you go back to uh, the the last year's draft, uh, Cody, you know how much uh, Marty Herney was in love with uh, Herbert for you know, Herb. Yeah. I uh, know now, contrary to Jeff, we didn't pass on him. He got, took him before us. But I believe yeah. that 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 they didn't really think the Chargers were going to take him, and they were banking on that. And when the Chargers took him, Marty Herney didn't know who else to took, so he took the guy that he liked. So other than that was Derek Brown. I don't believe Derek Brown was a Matt Rule pick, but right, I, well, I don't. But I believe it would have been uh, uh, the linebacker for the Cardinals. Uh, uh, Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, I was pissed but, when they passed on Simmons. Yeah. Was By the so way, and, and people wanted to call me just a Clemson fan. That's why I was mad. And, and then people were, uh, were like, oh, he didn't have a good rookie season. Yeah, look at what that guy's doing now. They're yeah. lining him up all over the football field. He's flying around the field, yep. making plays. Yep. And they had and him in now, the wrong again, spot yeah, <laughs> I'll also be fair. Yeah, I'll also be fair. The, the Cardinals – are a better football team. I mean, they have right. a lot, a lot of really good well, football players. You know, but, the thing, yeah. Good. The thing that's exhausting about that is like, you know, everybody's looking at the Cardinals as a blueprint of this is why you give Rule a third year, right? Because the Cardinals, this is their third year under Cliff Kingsbury, and they're amazing, right? But he also had the, the GM was there long before Cliff Kingsbury came in. He's not making all the decisions quite like Rule is. He's also an often a quote unquote offensive brainchild. You know what I mean? He's not a CEO like Rule is, who has to delegate all of his his power away or the play calling away. Right. So I mean, I, you know, and they they he walked into a team with the number one overall pick and they hit Pater. I mean, we have yeah. we are, comparing this team to the to the Cardinals is not. We're we're saying that we're one year away. And we should give rule a third year is is preposterous to me. I mean, now if anything, I think we're closer to the 2015 Eagles, the last year that Chip Kelly was there. You had a roster with some talent on it. You didn't have yeah. the quarterback situation figured out, and the only thing that was really standing in your way was the bozo of a head coach. 
I mean, yeah, man. And, and then, then a lot of people are down on the quarterback class this year. Guys like um, yep. uh, Malik Willis. Uh, then there's uh, Matt Corral from Ole Miss. And both of those guys have cannons for arms. But, dude, it, it goes back to that, how do you build a football team? And one of the most important things that you can have when you're rebuilding, trying to acquire talent, and Brad said this earlier, it's having a quarterback on a rookie contract that you don't have to worry about paying 40 plus million dollars a year. It gives you all the money that you need to build the football team around them before you have to worry about paying them, man. And or the quarterback's you, married to a supermodel. Right, yeah, or that. Or this is, you know, the <laughs> greatest of all time and you trade for Tom Brady. Yeah, how lucky are the Bucks? Like they've for the past more than a decade, they've been a dumpster fire team. And then over the course of one season, now they're the fucking They had a complete team and got the real quarterback. Right. right. That that was the big thing. They had Jameis under center. They they were literally a quarterback away. They are the definition of that statement. And then they went out and got the greatest. That that fits the Tampa Bay's head coach motto, though. He was in Arizona and he couldn't deal with rookie quarterbacks. He 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 really sucked as a head coach till he got Kurt Warner. Once he gets that older quarterback, then he can build offense around that older quarterback. Before Tom Brady went to Tampa, weren't they like nine and seven? They were seven and nine, I think. Seven, yeah. yeah. So all Tom Brady had to yeah. do was throw like twenty less interceptions. So and two Brady, things, and Brady didn't two ask things. forty million dollars either. Yeah. yeah. Two things I wanted to mention. Uh, people in the chat room keep comparing Jeremy Chin and Isaiah Simmons, saying that they're basically the same player. Well, we could have had both of them. Yes. We literally could have yep. had both of them. Like yeah. we literally could have. They, they relatively are. But... And and we could have taken Jeremy Chin later. Yeah. I mean, and, imagine. And, well, I'm our run defense would probably suck, though. No, well, I mean, imagine. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, imagine Chin as your, imagine Chin as your, uh, as your uh, safety in the back. All right, no, put him at linebacker, and then put Isaiah Simmons at linebacker. The same thing holds true for the offense. How a great offensive linebacker, uh, a, a great offensive line makes the guys behind them better. A great defensive line makes the guys behind them better. So if we had taken Isaiah, like a lot of what uh, Brown is doing in the middle doesn't get a whole lot of attention, but go back and look at highlight film and all of that jazz. Brown's eating double teams and not budging. He's he's yeah. allowing guys to, to just linebackers are able to find the running back and, and get there. Um, Brown is Brown is very disruptive. And by the way, I want to main uh, like remain consistent. With my critiques, right? For that reason alone, that's why I didn't want to draft Derek Brown in the top 10. Obviously, we're better for him. I'm happy that he's on our team now. Yeah. But my thing was, if I'm going to draft a defensive tackle in the top 10 of the draft, I want some pass rush, too. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to draft. Yeah, like, I'm not going to draft a one tech or a zero tech space eater. And, and with with the top ten picks, like I want you to add more value as a pass rusher and a run stuffer. But and remember I just, how I, bad I, I never, was? I know, but I, I'm just awful. saying that I never I never saw that with Brown. And by the way, I don't think Brown is ever going to be a big pass rushing threat. 
I think no. Derek Brown is going to be what he is for us now. He's going to be a big-time space eater in the middle. He's going to require double teams, and he's going to allow the other guys to have one-on-one matchups. And I think that's why he is a very important piece in our defense. To be fair, Aaron Donald, like, I don't know how many people in the chat or how many of you guys actually, like, like just looking at the man's highlights alone, Aaron Donald is a generational type. Yeah, Hall of Fame. Yeah, Hall of Fame. Yeah. You do, they yeah. don't they don't come around often. Like the things that he does is just and he plays with, with an edge to him, like a nationalist on. Yeah, he plays I, angry. And I think I, he got drafted into what he was number 13 or 14 in his draft Yeah, class. so dude, he yeah. was in the same draft as uh uh Khalil Mack. Him and Khalil Mack were in the were in the same draft. Um yeah, dude, Aaron Donald's one of the best, man. And he played pick two. If you could get one of the uh, one of the two, Khalil Mack or Aaron Donald, who would you take? Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald every time. Like yeah. it's not even a debate. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, but I will say I've got love for Khalil because me and him share the same birthday. I I I think <laughs> I, I, I I think I think I think Burns could be. A Cleo Mac type if he played linebacker. And you developed him. You actually had people who knew how to develop that type of player. I don't know with disrespect to Snow, and maybe he does, but right now, if you line Burns, if you put Burns in Cleo Mac right now and swap the two players out, Burns gonna be that in a couple years. Uh, the way, uh, Burns, the way Burns is going, Burns has been a big disappointment this year so far. Well, yeah, but, but, but that's uh, how they're using him. I mean, I, they're, yeah, yeah, he's getting checked a lot. I mean, yeah, and they're also, not, I think I mean, it's if, a reasonable criticism to make of Burns at this point that his speed to power is, I think, still a little bit lacking. Like, if you're yeah. going to be a complete pass rusher, you need yeah. more than just a speed rush, and right. he is more than that. He has one of the nastiest inside spin maneuvers that you'll ever see. But when you have a left tackle that knows that you're going to beat them outside, they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that they get to that back foot quick and their hands are going to be low. That means their chest is going to be exposed. The best pass rushers take those moments when you think they're going around the edge, then they go right through your chest, hands in your chest, and just bulldoze you back into the quarterback. I think Khalil Mack is much better than Brian Burns at doing that, especially at this point in time. Khalil Mack is a freak, uh, a freak of nature. I want to stay on Brian Burns. Um, This is a discussion that me and Tony have been having on our our Tuesday show and on the C3 uh, debate might take. What do we we think about Brian Burns having all these near misses, man? It seems like every single week, Brian Burns, there, there's uh, always a sack to be had that he just narrowly misses on. Like, that's well, coaching. What is it? Is it? Is it? I, coaching? I believe it's coaching. I'm, I I'm, coaching. I'm on the. I mean, so, yeah. I'll that, tell I mean, you. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll say bad I'll, luck. I'll, I'll pass it to y'all, and then I'll tell y'all. <laughs> then tell me what what you feel. I feel a lot of it is on Brian Burns being too fancy. I think they're just trying to knock the football out. 
He's trying to go for the football, create strip sacks and fumbles. And yeah, I understand that. But man, he, you really just need to wrap up. Your arms are too long. Your wingspan is too wide. Quit doing too much and go for the sack. And Brian Burns even admitted that that's something that happened to him on that play where Kirk Cousins rolled out and ran for the first down. I mean, when you have Kirk Cousins, of all people, running for first downs, dude, you're making us look bad, bro. So is this on Brian? Is this on coaching? And and if so, why? No, it's on Brian Burns. He's trying to be too cute. Instead of being fundamentally sound and wrapping the quarterback up and taking him down, he's trying to make the highlight play. So but doesn't that also reflect a little bit on the coaching? Yeah, I, yeah, it definitely. Why, why would I, they I not put, be telling him that? Yeah, go ahead. I, I put the lions, the lions share of the blame on him because as a professional athlete, the 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 fundamentals should be something that you shouldn't need a coach to tell you. Or remind you fundamentals. He's he's getting there, but he I, a lot of burns misses, near misses and shit. Is him trying to strip it? Like you said, man. You you if you 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 watch the game and you can see how long his damn arms are. If he just goes for the wrap up, yeah. Maybe you don't get the strip. Maybe the quarterback throws the ball away. Maybe he throws it away and it gets picked. But just wrap up. I I, I would like to see him do more of that moving forward. And and. So I'm putting the lion's share of the blame on him. Yeah, and then even even if they threw the ball away, it still means that he had a negative effect on their offense. Like he he made a play, he did something that uh, you know that was ultimately the Panthers' defense is better because of. Um, Brad, you said coaching. Why do you think coaching? Because I mean, those are the kinds of things when you rewatch film on Monday morning, you should be going over with your player. Those are the things you should yeah. be addressing in, in in practice. Those are the things you should be fundamentally working on with your developmental players, regardless of whether or not he's a first rounder or he's the best player on the defense. You should take those opportunities to coach you to to coach that player and make them better, and make sure that they understand the impact that they're having on the game. And if that's not getting done, if if you're not wrapped, if if we're sitting here saying, well, he's being too cute. Well, who's telling him that, to do that kind of thing? Who's not working with him to get that coached out of him? You know. Mm, okay. I mean, no, that's a fantastic point, man. If they, if they feel like, uh, you know, it, he has a bunch of near misses, they need to be coaching him up and telling him the proper technique to to fix this. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that sentiment too. That's why I think there there is enough blame to go around. I think first and foremost. It's still with Brian because I think a lot of it is just on him. But yeah, our coaches are, are, you know, they're culpable in this too because they're not teaching him the proper technique and writing him and telling him to get the sack, man. I mean, sacks are still hard to come by and you're still proving yourself to be one of the better sack getters in the NFL. So, but if you're, uh, but if you're Brian Burns and you think you have a shot at causing a fumble, you're most likely just going to go for the fumble every time. I mean, I would. If I actually think have a shot at fumbles, fumbles will come. I mean, yeah. yeah. But I agree. If you're, well, wrapping, I agree. If you're wrapping that quarterback up, you're wrapping him up. His hands are dropping down with a force. You're going, the fumbles will come. You just need to wrap up and quit trying to swipe at the ball. 
He's also had bad luck with that, you know, with that Dak sack that he just kind of fished out the Zeke. Yeah, but I mean, there's been so many of those, man. Like, how how many times is it bad luck? It happened with Dak. It happened with Kirk Cousins. It's happened a bunch right. of different times, man. It happened to, uh, with there's Zach a, Wilson. He left the sacks on the field when he played the Jets. Yeah, they get to be watching when Reddit goes for uh, when Reddit gets a stack. Reddit's wrapping up. Like he, he Reddit's had a few where uh, I think like James Winston was able to spin with them, so it kind of threw Reddit off of him. But for the most part, when Reddit goes to get a sack, he's wrapping both arms on the QB. So that's like I said, line share for me goes to uh, Burns. But, but from my can be coached. Like, I, I I have confidence that Snow will help him develop into the type of pass rush we expect him to be. Yeah. We'll go Nick. for the yep. season, and most of them are him coming unblocked. Unblocked. Yep. Greg said that on the on the uh, on the Tuesday night show too. One, one of these weeks, I remember that, and that is that is true, man. A lot of them have been unblocked. Um, we'll, we'll go to Nick, and then we'll go to Kenneth. I, I heard you guys about to say something. So. First off, before I even give my answer as far as whether or not I put it on Brian Burns or the coaching, I'm actually watching the Vikings game right now. And as we're talking about every single player, they're all just having some sort of impact play right in front of me. You know, it's it's like right now we're talking about Brian Burns, and it's right before the end of the second quarter, and he almost sacks Kirk Cousins, but Cousins gets it off real quick. But yeah, man. no, I mean, Look how close he was, too. Did you see how close dude, he was? And that, like that was all on him. Yeah, and you know what? The only reason why he didn't get it was because Cousins saw him coming and he just knew to get rid of the ball. You know, it's just one of those veteran instincts that he had. But Damn, man, man, if you go back to Brian Burns' first season, even though he was injured, he played with it, that club on his hand. Okay. He still got, it was like six or seven sacks. Okay, and he was in in every game, and he's yes. been in every game ever since he he came into the league. But if you look at his stats for last season and this season, he just hasn't lived up to that first season. And the only thing that's different between that first season and this season is Phil Snow. So I gotta say, he could have some sort of impact on how Brian Burns plays. He had a seven point five sacks his rookie year. Nine okay. each year. And so he's had nine each year and seven his first yeah, year? His first year he had seven point five and his uh second year he had nine. I thought he, he had three. less than the second year. I could be wrong, but I thought he had less. Well, I mean, no, listen, Brian Burns is another one of these players that I think we uh, we really wanted to see have a big-time year this year and prove that he's that pass rusher that we all want him to be, man. We all want our very own Vaughn Miller, our very own Khalil Mack, our very own Aaron Donald, and we've been holding out that Brian Burns is that kind of person. Well, if he is that kind of person, man, these near misses can't be misses anymore. Like they, they've got to, he's got to start to make these, man. Uh, Kenneth, you were going to say something. Yeah, um, I, I believe, uh, you know, if you go back and watch last year's tape, a lot of the 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 uh, plays that 
uh, Riddick is, is doing where he comes unblocked, Burns was in. Um, and majority of the time, uh, Brian has to face the tight end when he's coming off the line and the tackle. Uh, and that goes back to the, the, the lack of interior pressure. When you got Daquan Jones, who's a big guy and a big run stopper, and you got another big run stopper right beside him. And yeah, granted, they, you know, you're not going to get much pressure. And then when you go into passing downs, when they pull one of them out and put uh, Fox or, or Gross Matos in, they're both about 260. I mean, they're not, they're not, you know, it looks good to put them on the inside because they're fast. But if that guard gets a hand on them, they're not going anywhere. He's had five quarterback hits, it says, this year. Five. So, how many, how many sacks is that this year? Three. Three. So, so if you know, and Burns brought that up. Burns said that it's, it's with the lack of interior pressure, uh, makes up is, is causing the chips to happen. But then Brian Burns turned around and said, but, but the chips will go away. I don't see where, why he thinks the chips will go away. The chips are going to go away because they're going to start trying to stop ready. It's legitimately a pick your poison type of defensive line. Um, I honestly believe this, this Giants game is going to be a get right game for the D line. Well, as bad as the Giants are, I don't see how they can't. It's like the Falcons, well, when that bounce that the Falcons are, how can you not play better? But yeah. is it going to be long term better? Last you know? year he had uh, eight tackles for losses, this year he has five. How many how many uh strip sacks did he have last year? He said it just says uh forced fumbles, he had three. So Okay. I mean I mean I I, I, I still think I, I think Brian, it, Brian it, it, Burns's number this year will be better than what they were last year. But man, this especially uh Andrew Thomas, he's been their best left uh, their best offensive lineman and he's hurt. He's not playing, man. So the Panthers have no reason to not feast against the New York Giants. Yeah. Hey, real real quick, Brad's about to get out of here. Brad, I want to uh, thank you for joining us today, man. Uh, before you leave, I want you to give me a prediction. How do you think this uh, Panthers-Giants game is going to go down? I think Panthers are going to win it 22-16. to 16. Um, I just feel like it's going to be a weird game where you're going to have sixes and twos. Miss, extra points will be missed. We might have a safety. Okay. I mean, All I just right. feel like it's going to be, it's going to be a comedy errors to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think we'll this we will get right. I think we we'll, we will see Brian Burns get at least one or two sacks this this weekend. Um, I don't think it'll be get too cute, but you know, like I said, I think this is this is two bad teams going up against one another, but we are the better of the bad teams. Yeah. Well, Brad, I definitely appreciate you being with us today, man. Why don't you let these people know uh, where they can follow you and uh, how they can find you? I'm on Twitter. I'm at Bail Eel. If you look at my con- the name tag below, um, that's about all. I, I play Destiny on Twitch every once in a while, but that's about it. <laughs> So <laughs> cool, man. Well, Brad, I appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you again next Friday, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, Peace man. Keep yeah, man. So, going forward, I-, I guess we'll do that, man. Let me get some predictions. And really, uh, you can give me whatever you think about 
this Giants game? Are there some key matchups that you're looking at? You know, what what are you expecting to see from this Panthers Panthers offense and defense? And what do you think the final score is going to be? Um, let me switch it up. Kevin Boshoven. Yeah. He's, he's a fan of an inferior college football team, so. I guess I'll, I guess I'll let him. What's your uh, what's Clemson's record in South Carolina's record? Hey, we don't need to talk about it, bro. So anyway, go ahead. Um, uh, why don't you tell me what your prediction for this uh, Panthers Giants? I think Carolina's going to feast at defense. I think they're going to have multiple turnovers. I think they're going to put you shut out twenty eight nothing. Twenty eight nothing. So you have the Panthers. <laughs> Really having a get right. This, yeah, get right. This is a get right game written all over it. All right, you heard it here, man. Kevin's calling it, calling the get right game, man. Robbie Anderson's already calling himself out. I mean, yeah. All right, Justin, man, what are you thinking about this matchup, dude? Do you agree uh, with your with your South Carolina brethren, or or are the Panthers? Uh, is this a closer game than we're expecting? Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm seeing this as a get right game for the entire, entire team. Um, I want to see, I, I, I know say predictions, but I'm hoping Brady shows that he's able to actually adjust and, and call an offensive game plan to better suit Darnold. Um, but yeah, defensively, I, I don't see the Giants be, the only thing that worries me is Jones' ability to run. Um, uh, beyond that. I could, I could I could definitely see it being a 21 28 uh, 21 28 21 to 28 shutout type performance. Mm. All right, 21 28, man. That's you know that I mean that's a touchdown, you know, like that that could be uh within the realm of possibility, man. I'm hoping that it's more than that. Um anyway, I'll I'll save mine. Uh let's go Kenneth Panther rule. What are you thinking about this game, man? Y'all ain't go like this. I'm just gonna tell you. Hey, uh, tell it, man. Tell it. I was I the believe, only. I was the only one last week that I, I, Minnesota. I told you I should have should have picked Minnesota. It was in my gut to pick it, but I didn't listen to my gut. I listened to my heart. All right, so talk to us. Um, I still think you. the Panthers are going to win, but it ain't never going to be. I th- I'm going to say 14-10. Uh, mm. uh, I really am. I I want to believe that this offense can turn around. But till I see it, I'm not going to believe it any longer. I want to see it. I'll tired of lip service. And then that's the point. I'm tired of Matt Rule's lip service. I'm tired of Joe Bright. I'm tired of the players telling me the same damn thing every week and still not going out there and doing it. Yeah. Just put up or shut up time, boys. You wanted, you, yeah. you, you wanted your whole life to be that NFL player. You're there. Do it. I mean, dude, I, everybody has something to prove, man. I've been saying that before the season. It's still true now, man. Everyone has a ton to prove, and especially playing the team where their entire team is in the emergency room. Like, come on, man. We got to have this. Yep. Drew, how are you feeling, man? Is What, what are the Panthers going to do here, bro? I think it's a get-right game. Um, I think Chuba Hubbard has a career game as far as rushing yeah. yards. He definitely goes way over 100. I think the defense goes back to more man-to-man, and they bring more they bring more blitz pressures. And I'm thinking 35-10. Gilmore's coming back. Or starting, not coming back. 
Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, and, man. You know, that's Snow said they didn't run a lot of they ran a lot of zone and they didn't bring a lot of pressure. I think they bring pressure this week, and I believe they play a lot of man to man and they get out for Daniel Jones and they call some turnovers. How, how about this? They, well, they well, need I'll, to play, man. I'll, I'll bring up they one need last to play, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring up one last played, thing. Sorry. Yeah. I'll, no, no, you're good, Nick. I'll, I'll bring up one last thing. Uh, and then we'll we'll go to Nick for Nick's prediction. Uh, Phil Snow said offenses have max protected against the Panthers the past few weeks ever since the Cowboys had success doing that, compounding that Vikings is Panthers gave up a couple of big games on plays when Minnesota only had two or three receivers in route. So, yeah, man, Dallas laid out the blueprint. And I think that if we're going to – Look, especially me and Tony, we've been very complimentary of Phil Snow. I think we all have, especially the way our defense started, how fast we were, how aggressive we were. If it's that simple that offenses have just been running max protect and we haven't been able to adapt and change out of that, I'm sorry, but Phil Snow needs some of the criticism too, right? I agree. Am I am I wrong for that? I think he 100% needs that. If you knew that's been the problem, and that's what teams were doing to us to prevent I mean, us from stopping the run. Why, Snow why wouldn't you combat that? Show Snow should have saw that after the Cowboys game. I yeah. mean, he's been a defensive coordinator long enough to understand if one team's done it, somebody else is going to try it. At least draw yes. up a game plan when you see it again. And he did. Yes. And by the way, everyone go watch Brett Coleman's video that he made on the Carolina Panthers before we played the Cowboys and then watched the same video after we played the Cowboys and literally everything that the Panthers were doing successfully weeks one through three, the Panthers went completely away from in the Cowboys game. Yeah, who, and now who, they're who, still who, doing it. Who's the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys? I forget. Uh, Kelly Moore. Um, Kelly Moore. Uh, the quarterback, the former quarterback from uh, Boise. Kelly Moore. Yeah. yeah. If you if you need a head coach in this league right he's, now, if you need a head coach, and you had Kellen Moore, uh, I don't forgot his name, the Kansas City offensive coordinator, and Joe and Joe Brady. Joe Brady's last. Give me give me a reason why you pick Joe Brady. You don't. You take. Yeah. <laughs> you would. I mean, give me. Give me a reason why any other coach last year. I'm going to make a little prediction. I don't think Joe Brady gets a lot of interviews this year. He gets interviews. I'm not saying he won't get a interview. I'm just – you don't get a lot of them as many people's want. Because especially in the NFL, it's a put-up-or-shut-up league. you got to prove yourself. And right now, it's all Brady's all talking, no action. Hey, yeah, mm. and that—that's a legit criticism, man. Hey, Joe, and Joe, I, man. I, I Joe. really like—I really yeah. like the point that Drew made earlier too. There's no reason for our offense to fall off a cliff, minus Christian McCaffrey, because you had to do it all year last year anyway. Right. So why why is this such a hard thing for you to overcome? I don't know. I don't understand. The offensive line is terrible. It, it's, it's worse it's, than last it's, year. It's an incompetent coaching staff who builds their offensive system around a running back. Yes. That's my yes, opinion. 
I think they it's thought the offensive line would be better. And if if your offensive line was so damn good that you could do that, that's different. But it yeah. ain't. No, it's and not. it never has been for yeah. years anyway. And by the way, oh. Derrick Henry wouldn't look nearly as good as he does if he didn't have an offensive line that was able to to run block for him, man. Yeah, exactly. Look at the Browns yeah. game last night. Yeah, to to build yeah. your team around a running back when right. you don't have the offensive line. And yeah, that's the perfect example. If anybody watched the Browns, they literally had a dude they elevated off the streets. I think. Think Cam- yeah. yeah, Cam. Yeah, Cam. I think his name is Dearness. Uh, and yeah, he was yeah. one of the highest uh, pro football focus graded running backs this year. Even He's though the Browns, yeah, dude, yeah, the the Browns, the Browns were missing Baker Bayfield. They were missing Nick Chubb. They were missing Kareem Hunt. But it didn't matter because they have a big bad offensive line. And they were able, yeah, and they were able to do, they were able to do whatever they wanted to do. He played a little bit. One of my yeah, he was hurt, but he just came back from IR. One of my co-workers is a Denver fan, and he, he really rubbed it in hard after we lost the Super Bowl. And he kind of continues it. But yesterday, I literally got in trouble because I wouldn't leave him alone. <laughs> I ragged him to death. I said, your team got this ass whooped <laughs> by a backup quarterback and a third-string running back. You think they bench Teddy? Don't tell me how great your your court your your team is. Just and bro, no way. How, how ass? No better how, than the Panthers or worse. How ass does Teddy Bridgewater look right now? He yeah. looks awesome. yeah, so bad, yeah. man. That's my first time watching him. I played with Denver. I'm like, yeah, he's awful. Dude, yeah. he oh, you mean so Tedisha Dumpster Water? Yeah. Yeah. Tedisha Dumpster yeah. Water. That yeah, I do know a girl by that name. Yeah. Nick, you have joined me on every Friday free for all, brother. And now I am looking to you to give me your prediction, man. Is this a get right game? Is it going to be close because our O line is trash? What's the deal, man? Tell me what's happening. I, I got to be that guy that stands out and is different. And oh, I hate to do right. it. But our team has shown that once we start losing, we don't know how to stop. Oh no! Don't do it, brother. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a repeat of the Eagles, man. I would not. Nobody on the offense. I don't. Hey, the way that I look at it is, going that way, it's a win-win. Either I'm right or we win. So, but but the question is, if it happens. What does Tepper do? And I say Tepper. What does David Tepper do? Oh, Te- Tepper jumps out of his box head first at, during the fourth quarter. <laughs> I mean, if I'm Matt Rule, I'm avoiding David Tepper for all I can. He won't avoid oh, yeah, David Tepper because Monday morning, David Tepper is going to be sitting in Matt Rule's office. Yep. Also, yeah, David Jones is coming we, out with so you don't know where the hell is going on in his head. No. Basically, if I'm da- if I'm at rule and we lose, I get right in my truck and I just drive home and I never come back. There, there, there was a <laughs> common misconception that in that game last week that David Tepper was in the booth by himself. And if you listen to Steve Smith on WFNZ, you'll find out the Smiths was up there with him, but Smith just happened to be out of the camera when they shot on Tepper. 
And Steve <laughs> Smith has some entertaining comments about David Tepper in that booth. <laughs> he probably left him alone. What did, what did he say? I didn't. Uh, he, he, uh, he, he just basically, he didn't, you know, Steve Smith throws his little comments out. But he basically said David Tepper was extremely pissed. Yeah, he looked uh, it. <laughs> I, 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 uh, he really was. And, uh, and uh, they, Steve alliterated that if it don't turn around, David that somebody gonna pay <laughs> yeah so oh wait hold on before we get out of but, here and before cody you choose you choose your pack what yeah. what happened between last year and this year on special teams okay why are we no longer going for the fake punt why are we having all these just shit plays on special teams i mean frankie lubu coming up with the big save you know, put that one aside. Last year, we had nothing but compliments for Chase Blackburn. You know, he, he turned around the entire punt return. We went from dropping just about, at least one punt a game during the 2008, yeah, 2019 season to not, I don't think we dropped a single punt in last season. Doing no, no the fake punts the whole nine man. yards. Somebody's going to fumble a punt tomorrow out next Sunday. Well, hey, dude, I think you have, to fingers, you have to point some fingers at Chase Blackburn, huh? Maybe I mean, we just want the players. He's the special team coach. Who, who, uh, who? I mean, uh, if, if, if we're going to say that special teams is consistently bad, well, there's only one through line with our special teams, and that's Chase Blackburn. Uh, I mean, we, a lot of people kind of think that maybe even that Frankie Louvu blocked punt saved his job too because maybe we that's the problem we don't have so consistent terrible. players on special teams i mean listen especially a lot was made of that philadelphia game but let's really remember special teams is what really lost us that football game that big time block punt dude that was that was huge man that turned the momentum yeah. right in their favor can't have that dude can't have it can't have it i just I just don't get why we haven't even gone for the fake punt and all. There's been quite a few times where we could have made something happen. Yeah, man. You know, I don't. I just don't look, think we're uh, well coached. Look, look at last week, right before the half. You know, when we were when we are in field goal range, and then we drove ourselves out with penalties. You know, we still could have made something happen there. And what's the worst that you do? You give you give them the ball on you know the forty yard line. They still have to go sixty yards. Our defense showed up to play last week, so it's not like we couldn't trust the defense. Uh, by the way, Tyler Olinger, uh, you must not have been here very long, dude, because I was definitely complaining about Ron Rivera. Uh, I, I was saying mm. that we should have fired yeah. Ron. Ron, before the start of that year, man. I complained about uh, John Fox toward the ends, too. He's and it, it, again, man, there are these fans, and again, I'm not saying necessarily that this is you, Tyler, but like there are fans that think that you that once you start to levy criticism on the coaches of the football team, that it's like you're not pulling for the football team. Well, no, we're saying that we have seen enough of a sample size of Matt Rule as a head coach that now there are legitimate criticisms that can be made of the man. And if, if they are there to be made, then we're, we're not going to not come on here and, and say what the problems are. 
I mean, he has mismanaged the offensive line. Uh, Brandon Christensen playing left tackle this week potentially should be enough to prove but that also, point. Cody, yeah. uh, Ron Rivera and John Fox had less talent in their first two seasons, and Matt Rules had like the same record as them in their first two seasons. But but both teams, both Rivera and Fox were previous coordinators who knew what they were doing, and both of them, well, both of them had guys who had played, who had been former, both of them had experienced offensive coordinators uh, and experienced True. coaches on their team, and they didn't mind going out and getting a bunch of free agents who knew what they were doing and knew the system. Here's... Matt will go out and get folks that knows his systems, but they're not really starters. And most of them aren't starters from anywhere else. I mean, yeah. look at the safeties we've got right now. Chandler, and I give Chandler a bunch of devil all the time, and Tony knows it. So, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Franklin, you know, and uh, both of them. Now, granted, they're all right. They may be great special teams players, but they're not starting safeties, and they shouldn't be back or starting. And True. They're just not. I mean, and but they are because that's what Matt Rule wants. Yeah, man. And to, the 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 biggest. We, yeah, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead, Cody. Go ahead. But no, I was just gonna say, like, we have continuously seen mismanagement of one load management for Christian McCaffrey, two playing worse veterans on the offensive line instead of giving your rookies a chance. Um, overall, just not playing your young players. I, I mean, and, and then especially when you look at the Panthers coming out being flat in the third quarter all year and not being able to put up points. What is it about this football team that can't put up points reliably after halftime? Like there's just, and not having an answer for it. Yeah, and not having an answer. There's no excuse yeah. for it. At, at they have an old time. offensive line. They're already tired out by the Yeah, um uh, Justin, you're with us, bro. Yeah, yeah, I'm bad, man. Uh, no, nah, you're fine, man. Um, give us your prediction, bro. What do you think? Uh, what, what do you think is going to happen in, in this here game, dude? I want to see, as I said before, like I'm, I'm extending that that uh that belief that I have that Sam can be a starting level. Like I'm not asking for him to be an MVP. I'm asking for him to be a competent QB. And I think that starts with Brady putting him in better positions to to make easier reads, using his, his athleticism, calls, calling some uh, some uh, op, uh, QB option, um, calling some plays like that. Defensively, the Giants don't have anything on offense, anyone on offense that really worries me other than Daniel Jones with his scrambling ability. So I think our defense will get to him early and often get him off his his, his point get him off his uh, game. But offensively, it, it, in, in all honesty, I can see I can see us going up, going into the half 20, uh, going into the second half of the game to up 21-0 or 28-0. I still want to see – I want to see Brady put more points up on the board. Like call plays that, that shows that, yeah, I, I see what, what I've been doing wrong these last couple of weeks. Foot on the gas. Been, is that again? Keep the foot on the gas pedal. Yeah, I want to see a because I've yet to see. Now mind you, it is the Giants, and in my honest opinion, I, I I would say that if we played our C game, we could probably like the defense could be on their C game, offense could be on their C game, and still beat them. 
but I want to see complete domination of a team that's not in it. Like I, I forget who said it. Like we're both we're two bad teams. Like we're not a bad team. We just haven't lived up to. to we haven't put a complete game together offensively and defensively. That's what I want to see. That's what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. I won't say I'm expecting. That's what I'm hoping for because expectations will let you down quicker than anything. Hope. I, I, I keep hoping my heart. I don't always expect a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I. I like it's that, man. Did, it's did, also did, going to take Sam Darnold to break those bad habits. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's another thing. Sam needs to have a big game. Dude, he's going back up to MetLife. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's where he would play all his football. It's not the same team, but that's where he would play. Same I mean, dude, this is – yeah, dude, this is an opportunity to exercise some demons, bro. Like, I'll, go out there and show out, man. Especially – every look, I, everybody saw Teddy Bridgewater uh, play, play football last night. He's not looking good. Now there are Panther fans. Many prominent Panther people, man, both on YouTube and on Twitter, that still think that we were better off with Bridgewater. And it's like, dude, if you're Sam, go out there and ball, man. Be the player that we all think that you can be. And don't revert back to this happy feet having, scared quarterback that is afraid to stand in the pocket and throw the football. You already know your offensive line is shit. You already know you're going to take some shots. Brace yourself. Stand in the pocket. Make some throws. Be accurate. And let's move the football, man. Cody, stand in the pocket. We're going to with P.J. Walker on the field. <laughs> I mean, hey, dude, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Joe Brady needs to start moving him out the pocket. Something, man. I'm hoping that it's a domino effect where Brady Christensen playing at left tackle. I'm hoping that he plays well. I'm hoping that if we have the left and right side set, that maybe that might bode well for us in the middle. I don't know, man. I know they got they got Dexter Lawrence, uh, who was a Clemson Tiger, big, powerful dude. And don't they I, I have Leonard Williams? Yeah, they have uh, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence. So they have power up the middle, man. I'll be interested to see um, – I'd be interested to see the run pass splits. Like, how much more are the Panthers indeed going to run the football? What one thing that rule is saying that we're definitely going to run the football. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to run it at least thirty times a game. One thing that worries me on the running. One thing that worries me on the running is not attempting to run, but actually doing it. Um, you know, we mentioned the Cleveland game. They all Cleveland also has an excellent fullback. Uh, you know, the Titans got a good fullback. We have a fourth string tight end who pretends he's a fullback, who, by the way, may probably won't play tomorrow or Sunday. So, I mean, that's who we got at fullback. We don't really have a fullback. We and our, I mean, let's just go without saying that the only true tight end we have that knows how to block is a rookie that they like to use. And, you know, so, I mean, yeah, that they haven't used yeah, a fullback yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I and, isn't that why? Him. Isn't that why we kept that dude, Giovanni Ricci, or whatever? Yep. Like that's why we kept him to be the fullback. Right, and yeah. he's a, like a four-string tight end, technically. Yeah. Or not, and really, he's really a four-string tight end who didn't cut it at tight end, but they liked him, so they kicked him into. Oh, like how do you do it? That's just basically what it is. <laughs> yeah. Here, you do it. We need a fullback. Uh, Everybody says we got to have a fullback. Hey, Richie, you the guy. 
<laughs> I just I want to see Sam start to develop that that like oh I'm pretty sure everybody and I saw that clip where Aaron Rodgers scores the touchdown and he's telling the Bears fans I own you I've yeah. always <laughs> I, I want Sam to develop that type of mentality starting yeah what type of confidence like, man you you gave up on me so this this is what this is what you could have had I'm gonna own you motherfuckers for the rest of my career and not just you guys the rest of the NFL like. In my honest opinion, I saw that in that last drive where he's like, okay, I can't – so-and-so, DJ's covered, Robbie's covered. Oh, here's a lane. Let me go. And, I mean, dude was putting the ball in perfect spots in that last drive. Uh, the, yeah. the throw to Ian, the throw to DJ. Like, I, I want to see that. That means, like, to me, that his mentality at that moment was, man, fuck this. We getting this shit done. We're not going out like we did last week. Yeah, for, for yeah, us move, to, move for us to, to keep winning fight. games, for us to keep winning games, Sam needs to rush for more than fifty yards himself. Yeah, I know that sounds like a lot for a quarterback, yeah, but quarterback. given Sam's tendencies, that's the only thing that's going to really keep us in games. Is if he stops trying to throw the ball every 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 play, and that, he goes, goes back, back to using brain. his legs, trusting his running backs, setting up multiple back sets. And that, using that goes, our tight ends as blocking tight ends. That goes back to Brady. Brady needs to uh, – every the, yeah. you, you can take the best quarterback in the NFL, and I guarantee you his best friend will always – besides a good offensive line, his best Brady. friend will be a solid run game. So yeah. that yeah. designing plays where Sam – like not just where, uh, like I said, Sam rolling out of the pocket. If you stick to the run, even if you ain't getting like – even if your running back's not gashing the other team, if you show a willingness to stick to the run, the play action, like the Vikings game was a good example of that. Cook didn't go off on us until midway through the third, towards the end of the game, from like midway through, through the third and on, because the Vikings were like, okay, you've been keeping us from getting what we wanted, but you, you your defense starts to wear out. Um, yeah. not – he was not that kind of running back where I think where his like his body, his physique is just gonna tire guys out. But his speed, like just having to go from I, I said this before. Um if and I don't know if anybody saw the stat. I think it was this past Monday game. Well, uh, they were showing the stat for Derrick Henry. Yeah, his, stat, his stats throughout the first, like the, the four quarters of the game, he gets like two yards in the first quarter, three yards in the third. Four yards in the third quarter, and then by the, the fourth quarter, he's averaging six yards per carry. <laughs> I don't think Chuba has that kind of body, but I could I could see a situation where it's like, bro, I'm tired of trying to chase this dude down, and, and you can still get guys like that's how the play action becomes a thing. Bootlegs, along with just rolling Sam out of the pocket, doing that just hey, the guys ain't open, pick up some yards with your legs and get out of bounds or get down. That's why Tannehill's good now. <laughs> Like I said, yeah, I mean, he has a run game. Well, I mean, the the bootleg works real good for the Titans, like it like it did the first three games for the Panthers, is because they were scared of the roughs running. I mean, the people they, they load the box up to stop Derrick Henry, and then they just bootleg it to whatever they want. Actually, yeah, but it always seems like but, Sam has success running the football, and yeah. I really want us to run him a little yeah. bit more, man. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it Helps with free option with Christian McCaffrey. Use his mobility, man. We've seen Sam Darnold make plays rolling to his right. I, I agree. 
do do more of that, yeah. man. Do more yeah. of that. He's a mobile quarterback, yeah. and honestly, I think it helps. One is 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 intuitive. If your offensive line is shit, don't have your quarterback plant his feet and sit there behind you. Right. Roll the, roll him out a little bit. Feet. Yeah, I know. That's why he's getting the happy feet. Yeah, I think he helps his confidence too. But also, yeah. you but also, if your offensive line is struggling, you're helping them out too by rolling right. the quarterback out of the pocket. I, but, I uh, put, put some, put, not, last, the thing, last thing I'll say. <laughs> last thing I'll say. Put some RPO into this, man. Like let Sam run a run pass option, either to hand it off to Chuba. Or take it himself. If that defensive end crashes, then Sam needs to go haul ass. And I don't know why we don't do more of that with him. I have seen far less uh, mobile quarterbacks be able to do that, and they're able to do it successfully, man. I think uh, teams fear McCaffrey, but they don't fear Chuba. That, that's a, they need to give they need to give the rest of the NFL a reason to fear Chuba. Mm-hmm. Um, so two things. I always used to. I always. I'm of the mindset that if you have a quarterback that's fairly athletic, if he, if you're worried about his has like Sam is not uh, at that point in his career where he can pick defenses apart just by throwing the ball. Settle him into the game by getting like getting him involved in the run game. The second thing, like like I said, them the the Panthers need to give the NFL a reason to fear Chuba. Chuba is very similar to like. I don't. I don't want to compare speed or anything, but she was very comparable to CMC in their running abilities and that they're slashers. They don't have to build or just body a guy time and time again, and you just get sore from it. If you, like I said, you commit to the run. I think through the last three games, we've we've averaged around like twenty something rushing attempts, which is ridiculous. We should be averaging what rules said, thirty around thirty rushing attempts. And it doesn't need to be all two, but if you throw things. Yeah. In each one of the games that Chuba's been a starter, I feel like he's been a few carries away from breaking one. Whether he houses it, whether he, he, he takes it for a touchdown or not. There, in yeah. each one of the games, I feel like he's been a few touches away from just taking one for 30, 40, 50 yards. Yeah. And that's when Brady's like, okay, I'm going to stop. Uh, Sam, go out there. We need you to, to throw us back into the game. Like, no. you you Every quarterback's best friend will, will always be these – yeah, will always be that dominant run game, man. Um, and I, I think Chuba Hubbard has looked really impressive too, man. I've been impressed with Chuba every single time I see him. And I know people, you know, drag him over hot coals for the drops, and I get it. But I also never expected him to be that kind of running back. So when he's just running the football, I think he does well. Hey, but he real quick, the easy ones though. Hey, hold on, real quick. Shout out to the big homie near Vosh. For the 20 bucks, man. Love you, dude. Appreciate it. He says, I don't understand why the offense can't play the whole game with the urgency they had in the last drive, last game, to force overtime. Most of the games they play like they have a 28-point lead or something. Dude, there's no urgency, man. This is a fantastic comment. They, They let their foot off the gas and go back to depending on their defense, and then Matt Rule doubles down on it when the defense lets the offense come back and, and get points on them. Meanwhile, the offense for the Panthers has done nothing to complement this defense. They don't run hurry up. They don't move Sam outside the pocket. They go away from Chuba right when Chuba's finally starting 
to get ahead of steam. It, it, just, it, it doesn't make sense, man. And this is where we go back to legitimate criticisms of Matt Rule. Everything that we're saying is a legitimate criticism, yet they keep on, uh, you know, rearing their ugly heads time and time again, man. Hey, are we taking any bets on how long it'll take Sam Donald to use a timeout in the first quarter? <laughs> uh, it's going to happen. Minutes, 20 quarter. seconds. How long does it take you to throw a pick? He better not throw any. <laughs> it'll take him longer than it did the last week. I, I want complete domination. You can't dominate if you're turning the ball over. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, we're going to have to, we're going to have to step up. If we don't step up this week, even if we win, but it's not a good win, right. something's going to happen. I, I feel like someone's going to get, get fired. You know, to answer that gentleman's question, um, let's, let's, let's remember back when Cam was a rookie. Cam had a lot of leaders on that team. But I remember the year after when we first had rule that year, or we first had Greg Olson that year. And I remember countless times Greg Olson would motion to everybody, let's hurry up, let's get on that rhythm, let's get going. We just don't have that guy there. I yes. mean, Sam, I mean, Sam's okay, but he's not that rah-rah guy. We Robbie's all right, Smith. but he's not a rah-rah guy. We yeah. don't have the rah-rah guy. We don't have, no we don't have a guy that's going to motivate the troops. Yeah, man. One thing I'll say, you said that somebody, if they don't win convincingly, somebody gets fired. I don't think anybody will get fired, but if it's definitely an offensive issue, I think Matt Rule gets more involved in taking over some of the play calling. I think somebody gets benched. Uh, well, Matt Rule's never called plays. I don't know. I, I would say he may get and the quarterback. His job's on the line. I bet you he finds a way to get involved. <laughs> that might not if, be good. <laughs> if Matt Rule is going to get involved in play calling, then what does Joe Brady even do for us? I mean, we, we, but re reality, we don't have anybody on our roster other than Joe Brady who's ever called plays. Honestly, Cody, yeah. what has Joe Brady done for us so far? Nothing, I mean, man. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, dude, even – and listen, he had the opportunity, man. I don't want to hear about the O-line. I don't want to hear about McCaffrey because we've all literally in the past 30 minutes illustrated – what the Panthers could have done to mitigate some of these damages, right? Play the younger guys, move Sam around, spread the ball around, and, and they just they make no adjustments. And then they wonder why they do the same thing over and over and wonder why they get the same result all the time. I believe that's the definition of insanity. 100%, dude. So, man, look, we're going I mean, on. Uh, go ahead, Nick. I mean, Cody, what would you feel? How would you feel about letting Sam call some of the plays throughout the game? I don't trust him. Why would I? I, I don't trust. I don't trust I, him I don't, either. I don't, but. I don't even see Sam making enough uh, uh, checks and audibles at the line of scrimmage. We did like, play two but, great pass defenses in the past two games. Like. He did, but I have no faith in Sam Donald being the type of quarterback that is so involved with the playbook and is so heavy into the X's and O's. That, oh, yeah. Yeah, that he could essentially be a coach on the field. I, I haven't seen anything to indicate that Sam is that kind of player. So nope. Now, if we lose this week, would you be up? Would you be open to at least trying it for a little bit just to see? If he has the, if he has the capacity to do so, sure. But one, I don't think he does. Number two, I don't think even so if, Even if he did. The coaches wouldn't let him do it. 
Uh, and then number three, I don't know if there is a number three. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Number three, I don't even know, uh, even if it did it, I don't even know that that would be the right call. Like, who, who's to say that yeah. Sam would be able to get into the right play call, man? I don't know, dude. I, I just think uh, our, our offense, especially with how many players they're missing, our offense better be able to do something. We yeah, better, the only reason... The I, only I, reason I, why I say that is just because it's it's obvious that Joe Brady just isn't the right guy for our offense. You know, just just the just the moves that he's made being coordinator just it shows that he's not the right person for the job. But but do you think Rule would make a change at the end of the year? I mean, if per se Rule Brady doesn't get a head coaching interview. Our job. I, I don't think rule. I don't think rule makes the change. I think Joe Brady makes the change for us, and I don't think that change part, will happen until that happens. The sad part so. about it is, I don't think anyone's ass feels hot. No, I I, I feel like Joe Brady and Matt next year rule, they think, they think that they have the rest of this year and the rest of next year before they're forced. To really do something, I think they have a one-year deal. I think they seven, seven, seven-year deal. Yeah, why would you? When you have that kind of job security, man, yeah, I just don't foresee a scenario that they're on the hot seat, man. Unless his emails get leaked. Well, that's (laughs) that's that's the thing, Cody. You had called it. (laughs) You had called. You had called it whenever we signed them. That you know the the turn the length of the deal basically showed that Dave Tepper knows that it's a multi-year process to get us to where we want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it know, is a so, multi-year process, and he's banking on the fact that Matt Rule is his guy. And, you know, I, I, I commend David Tepper for not doing the whole after every single year fire a coach, hire a coach, yeah. fire a GM, hire a GM. Like that that's never a recipe for success either. At the same time, you have to know that you hired the right coaches. And right now we don't know that we did, to be frank. No. Damn, man. Uh, but look. One thing, yeah, uh, real quick, one one thing though that David Tepper also said that he expects to see improvements year to year. And I, I'm not certain that you yeah. got that. I mean, no. we've got a better defense, but we've also I mean, after free agency, after this year and free agency, are we going to have a better defense? Well, that's (laughs) the good thing about the NFL is that you literally have a number record to compare it to. And you're going to be able to look at offensive production, defensive production. And if this team is just marginally better or even worse than it was last year, yeah, dude, I I really – this is uncharted territory, man. We have we have no idea what David Tepper does in these types of scenarios. He's never had to fire someone that he hired himself and paid seven, uh, gave him a seven year contract worth a number of millions of dollars. We don't know. We don't know what David Tepper is is built like in these types of situations, man. So I'm, yeah, but Co- I'm, Cody, would you agree that? If J.C. Horn hadn't gone out with the injury, that w- our record would be different right now. That we would probably be five and one, or maybe I, even. Six I think one. we were. I think we would have beaten Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and I. I, I Thompson too. 
I mean, and I think yeah. that we would have had a better chance against Dallas. Uh, I, I think our, our lack of man coverage ability has hurt the football team because our defense, uh, our, our front seven, isn't being able to play as aggressive because of that. And now opposing right. quarterbacks, they're feasting on the middle of the field. Like they're taking advantage of zone coverage, of no Shaq Thompson, and they're just finding the soft spot in the zone and just hurting us. He's out again this game. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, you know, I, I agree with that, and I think that that needs to be put into consideration. Let's face it. Your first your first round draft pick, you don't you don't expect them to go out week three. You know, you expect them if they get injured, it's later on in the season. You know, so I, I think that needs to be taken into consideration when looking at this year as I a think whole. Shaq is our wall Christian right McCaffrey, you know, it is what it is. It sucks. But you know, you, you kinda know that that's gonna happen at some point. Even though last year he was in, he was injured for a majority of the season, you know it. But and same thing with Shaq, you know you expect him to go down at least a little bit, or you expect players like that to go down, but you don't expect JC Horn to go down just because of how young he is and how new he is. Yeah, that's true. And, and it was also it's also connected to Thursday night football, and that's typically when players get injured because it's a short. Short week too, so that yeah. that kind of cloudies uh, things a little bit too. I don't know. He never had an injury history at South Carolina. I mean, unless Justin and Kevin can tell me something that I don't know, he was yeah. never he was never really an injury prone player. Neither did Greg Olson until his first injury here. Yeah, and that's what I always say, man. That you're not you're not injury prone until you are. Cam Newton was never injury prone. That dude flipped his truck before a fucking football game <laughs> and still went out there and did his damn thing, man. But then yeah. once the injuries start happening, dude, they don't stop. It was the same yeah. thing with Greg Olson. Greg Olson never got hurt, was never injured. Even Christian McCaffrey up until last year, he had never been hurt and had never been injured. And then now look at it, man. So it's like, that, I don't know, that's part of the reason why I was saying when uh, JC went down and they were saying we could get him back. I was like, nah, just go ahead and get surgery, get your body right 100% so you can come back and uh, pick up where you left off. Um, like, we, we, our cornerback room ain't, ain't hurting. Like, we'd be better having JC on the field than we currently are. But uh, I also saw, like, Jack uh, is out, but we get Hartsfield back, possibly. Yeah. I mean, none of those names inspired too many co- too much confidence in me, man. When did yeah. when did you the, trade for Jordan Hicks? Refresh my memory, who's that again? The middle linebacker for the Cardinals. He's a veteran middle linebacker that right now the Cardinals have both their well. They have Isaiah Simmons and, uh, and Xavier Collins starting. He's kind of like the beginning of the year, beginning of the offseason, they were talking about trading him because they told him he wouldn't be the starter anymore. And he didn't like it, but yeah. just nobody and then, like, for him. He and, and, more assets. and even then, I'm not – yeah, again, you're talking about giving up assets, but also uh, 
I, I, I haven't I haven't been really uh I've been impressed with Jermaine Carter. I think Jermaine Carter's played well. Oh god. Uh, I, yeah. I, 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 I just think that where he isn't a premier athlete, so he, he kinda has to win with his head, kind of similar to how how Luke did, although Luke was a much better athlete. Um but yeah, man, the Panthers need a lot. We need a lot of depth still, safety position, linebacker position. Um, and again, I know we talk about, oh, well, should we have drafted Justin Fields? Or should we have drafted, or drafted Rashawn Slater? By the way, the answer might be yes for both of them. Not for it Justin doesn't, Fields. It, it doesn't change. Fine, that's fine. But it doesn't change the fact that uh, – I think J.C. Horn is going to be a very good player for the Carolina Panthers yeah. for a lot of years to come. And yeah. look, man, I, I want to leave on a positive note. We're going to play the Giants. We should not – listen, we should have a good game against the Giants. If we don't, you already know what to do. You're going to come right back here and bitch to us, man. That's what this podcast is for. Um, if you appreciate the content – Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe. Um, I, I want to tell people to hit the like button, but right now on my end, there's 69 likes, and that's nice. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that's, that's nice, anyway, um, anyway, I'm a dummy. Um, I am the host of the Friday Free-For-All. Um, I want to thank everybody for coming on with me. I want to give everyone an opportunity to uh, tell where you can find you on Twitter. Let's start with Drew. Drew, I appreciate you joining me, man. Where can they find you? Not a problem, man. Hey, AJ Lindsay 1216 on Twitter. Keep pounding. Let's get them on Sunday, guys. Keep pounding. Oh, I never made my prediction. Yeah. Man, I'll, I'll make it real short and sweet. I'll say uh, 24-17. Or no, 24. I'll say 24-13, Carolina. I think that's a Correct. good prediction. I think our defense should bounce back. I think our offense should be able to run the ball with Chuba Hubbard. Um, and, hey, listen, I've kind of poo-pooed it, but maybe the Panthers moving to running the football more, maybe that is a good deal for us, man. And maybe this is something that helps us out for the rest of the season. I don't know. Only time will tell. But um, The Panthers should not give up more than nine points. Yeah, they shouldn't, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> but they will. We'll see how uh, – <laughs> First appearance of Stephon Gilmore too. Yeah, they're wor- they're working him into the rotation. That technically is still questionable right now, but I don't know, man. We'll see. I I, I venture to say that he's probably gonna play. Yep. So, yep. Kevin Boshoven, tell them uh, where they can find you, man. You can find me on Twitter at kbosh89. Um, talking shit to Cody about his whack ass Tigers. They lose them. They suck. It's over. Oh, dude, Just let me tell it. you. We, we we play Pitt tomorrow. Will they always give y'all trouble? Well, and dude, this year Pitt is like a legitimate football team. Yeah. Their quarterback is a throwing dimes all over the field, dude. I'm like, when do they have a losing record after that? If they lose, uh, no, we're four and two right now. We were okay. five and three. God, it, it, it's rough, dude. It's rough, but let's move on here. Uh, Wait, yeah. Panther Pickle, Panther Rule. Tell them where they can find you, man. You can find me on Twitter at Panthers uh, Pickle, or in the chat box on one of these uh, 
uh, podcasters about the Carolina. <laughs> I, I, I'm probably in all of them anyway. And I'm, I love to come to the post post game game, the post game show and mm-hmm. rag the defense, rag the defense. Yeah, man. <laughs> dude, you you uh you, you get pretty upset during those post games. Oh boy, so, I do. Dude, I do, especially after I, the game. Yeah, I, I see that. Uh, I do. That I, I get too emotional for my own good sometimes. Oh, dude, that's <laughs> why I don't. You will never see me on the show, like during the football game. Right. Dude, I'm fucking cussing. I'm oh, screaming, boy. dude. I do that way. I do yeah. that. Cody, I, I want to watch a game with you. Hey, I'm I feel sure like you do, man, dude. That's me. That's me dude. during a Panther game. I pace the floor and kick things. And It makes oh, me no, question dude. whether I actually like this team or like football. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes me question your, question your life decisions. You should do a live reaction show during the game. <laughs> yeah, dude. dude we, um, yeah, what's up? You could have a free for all live reaction. <laughs> oh, be a lot of YouTube out. wouldn't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe one day we can try it out and, um, you know, see how that goes. But I don't know. I'll probably say some dumb shit. Um, Justin just jumped off, but uh, shout out to Justin. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, Nick, he's been with me every Friday, man. I think Kevin has too. Kevin, you've been here every Friday, I think. Almost. I think I missed the first couple ones, but yeah. Yeah. But well, dude, he's been showing up quite a bit too. Oh yeah, dude, but, Drew, dude, you got all, all of you, man. You're all of my my, my Friday free for all crew, <laughs> man. I definitely. You, you was part you. of the pace post game show last week. Or this week, yeah, man, yeah, that, yeah that, that's true, man. But uh, all, uh, all of these guys were, man. So yep. I definitely appreciate it, Nick Monty's Motorsports. Tell them where they can find you online, bro. You can find me on Instagram. I am down to talk about anything under the sun Marvel, football, cars, you name it. I'm down to talk about it. But uh, give me a follow on Instagram and uh, just check out what I've been doing with the Jeep. I'm hearing Immortals is supposed to be fucking nuts. Yeah, dude. Was like, yeah. Hey, did y'all uh, have y'all seen Have y'all seen Dune yet? Dune. No, I won't see it. I'm going to the theaters to watch it. Yeah, I, I, I have HBO yeah. Max. I'm going to the theaters. Yeah, it's, it, it was pretty good, man. I nice. definitely recommend it. Um, but yeah, man, listen, that's it for the Friday free for all. We've gone three hours or five hours short, but I appreciate everyone for joining us, man. This is your show. And whoever's hearing my words right now, this is your show. You can come on. You can make your opinion heard about the Carolina Panthers. I appreciate everyone joining me on this video today. Drew, Kevin, Nick, Kenneth, I definitely appreciate all of you. Um, Until the post-game show this Sunday after the Panthers beat the Giants, until then, keep pounding. Keep Keep pounding. Keep pounding. (laughs) 